Seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. You'll never have the sacred stone. <laughs> oh, this you crazy mother. The Savachi syndrome, I'm telling you, I'm like, well, holy shit, that was crazy. Wait for it. Thick and slick. <laughs> What is up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Moto Aftermath Show, the most uninformed moto podcast on the interwebs. We are on episode number 187. I am your host, Travis, and I am uh, solo monologuing here for the race recap. Uh, I know everyone's kind of going to be disappointed with this. I do apologize. Uh, I got the call this morning um well actually it was more like noonish time uh so co-host cole uh was in vegas for the oh what was it the aim expo or whatever was out there um so he was out there for work and uh came home and is is now sick uh not really sure what it is but some sort of sickness uh so he couldn't make it and then other co-host justin apparently has been fighting a stomach bug for the last four or five days i guess uh and woke up this morning puking his guts out so needless to say i have no co-host i was working on some other uh projects in the shop today and uh didn't have time to really uh, uh, beat the bushes and try to get somebody in studio to co-host or somebody on the lines to co-host for the whole thing. Uh, no big deal. I do these solo monologues from time to time. So if you don't like the sound of my voice, well, I apologize. You might want to skip ahead. We are going to have an action-packed show here uh, coming up. We've got uh, Privateer Hero Kevin Moran's coming on to talk about his night. And then in the uh, in the final segment of the show, um, we have everybody's favorite controversial YouTube moto analyst uh the one the only johnny hopper coming on uh, we're going to talk some racing and stuff with him so before we get started with that i uh, just want to thank our sponsors so first off show presented by energy fuel the best fucking drink out there keep yourself fueled energized and strong from start to finish pick yours up at coachrobstore.com again that's coach rob with two b's store.com um make sure to go check them out also want to thank Premier Custom Trailers. If you need a trailer, commercial or residential, Premier Custom Trailers has what you need. They work with the best manufacturers in the industry and specialize in all your trailer needs. Sales, service, parts, or rentals, they do it all. PremierCustomTrailers.com, located five minutes south of Kalamazoo on US 131 in Schoolcraft, Michigan. They put the custom in customer service. And as stated, they customize trailers and they sell trailers. And I have one and it's awesome. It's got an air conditioner. It's got wiring throughout with lights and power outlets and everything. And it's... Uh, yeah, it's fantastic. Toe's great, so make sure to check them out if you're in the market for a trailer. They don't just sell to Michigan people, obviously. Um, so yeah, go check them out. And then our final presenting sponsor, TLR Coatings, Michigan's number one custom powder coating shop. From two-tone wheels to motorcycle frames to small batch production jobs, TLR Coatings will powder coat anything metal the right way. Looking for some custom coating? They do that too. TLR Coatings serving southwest Michigan and surrounding areas for over five years. Check them out at tlrcoatings.com or on all major social media networks at TLR Coatings, including TikTok. We're on there. Um, and we do shipping too. So if you're out of state, you don't want to drive your stuff here, you're looking for a, a respectable custom powder coater that does the job and does it right and will make sure everything's right before they ship it back to you, then, uh, you know, 
look us up. Give us a call. Shoot us a DM. Shoot us a text. Something like that. And uh, yeah, maybe we can help you out with powder coating your next bike build project or car project or in anything of the sorts. So um, also on board with us, I want to thank our other sponsors here. We've got a new sponsor for the show. It is Holster Co. They, uh, they make Kydex holsters for things that go bang, bang, if you know what I mean. Um, so check them out at miholsterco.com. Um, they also uh, sell things that go bang, bang, and things that bang out of the bang, bangs, and yeah, all that kind of good stuff. Uh, so make sure to check them out. Owned by a moto guy. Super great company. Super great family operated uh, uh, store. So um, they're, they're pretty great, and uh, they want to welcome them on and thank them for coming on board with us. Also on board with us, Alias Sport, The Dirt Bike Depot, JT Cycle, Adept Creative Co., Gutterworks, Isaac Nelson Designs, Clutch Media, all of them on board with us. So thank you to all of them. Um, if you are watching on YouTube, please make sure to like, subscribe, comment down below. Uh, those are the best ways to help us out. We are experiencing some growth in the channel. So that's awesome. I want to thank everyone who's been with us from the beginning. I want to thank all you guys that comment on the, on the videos. You know, we go back and forth and try to try to talk it up and, and chop it up with you guys and, and get your takes and, you know, continue on down the road here as we try to, Guess what's going to happen next, because that's literally what it is as a guess. Um, if you guys are listening to us on any of the podcast networks, which would be SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, make sure to leave us a five-star review on there. Uh, that'll really help us out. And make sure, like I said, share the content. If you guys want to buy any merch, um, help us out monetary-wise. Uh, there are Amazon links below. You click it, you go in, you can just buy anything you want to off Amazon. Uh, there's Patreon where you can donate to us. Big thanks to Curtis Hodges for still being our one and only patreon right now we had more than that for a while guys just so you know but uh it's a tricky task of growing multiple businesses at once on a very small budget as a solo entrepreneur i'm working on it we're trying to grow that's why we got clutch media on board with us doing the uh from the stands videos so we're getting some of that content out to you guys um all right, so anyway, uh, this is going to be a pretty normal show in what we talk about tonight. Um, I'm going to go through the, I'm going to wrap up San Diego Supercross here. We're going to go through 450s and 250s. Um, and then, like I said, we're going to have, we're going to have Privateer Hero Kevin Moran's on and then uh, Internet Sensation Johnny Effin Hopper on later. So. Uh, we will get started here with our San Diego wrap-up. So our uh, our San Diego Supercross wrap-up 450 class uh, brought to you by JT Cycle. Uh, JT Cycle serving Battle Creek, Michigan for over 30 years. Stopping to check out their full selection of Beta, Gas Gas, Husky, and Suzuki motorcycles and power sports products. Need something for around the house to help keep things nice and trimmed up. They have that too with a full lineup of Echo, Aaron's, Gravely, and Simplicity. Visit jtcycle.com or follow them on Instagram at jtcyclebc to check out everything they have going on. Some great guys there. They've been helping us out for a couple of years now, so thank you to them for being on board. And let's get into the 450 wrap-up. So basically, um, the way we're going to do this here, and just so everyone knows, I'm going to... Uh, I've got some notes I took uh, from the race last night, which I always do. Um, so I'm going to go through the notes that I have and what I kind of saw with the race. And then I'm going to run down, run down the finishing order here. 
And anything I didn't cover, anybody I didn't cover that I might have a little spiel about or a little here and there, um, we will we will go through and then we'll move on to 250s. We'll do the same thing. And then, like I said, we'll get on to uh, get on to Mr. Kevin Morantz. So starting off with 450s, let's talk about Chase Sexton. So we've all seen this coming. We all have talked about Sexton, AC, Mookie, all these guys. Who is going to be the first guy to break out and get that first win? Um there's been a lot of talk and speculation through most of the talking pundits throughout the industry that Sexton was going to be the guy. Uh, he he was outside of AC, the fastest guy. AC might have a touch more speed, but AC has hit the ground more than Sexton. Um, and Sexton just, you know, little tip overs here and there have pretty much cost him and he hasn't really been able to put it together. He did put it together outdoors last year at Washougal, um, but hasn't been able to put it together in a Supercross on the 450 yet. Uh, and, but, but everybody thought it was a matter of time. And as I even pointed out at last week's show to Justin and Cole, at some point, one of these guys has to win. One of these guys has to win. Cause at some point, Tomac, Webb, Roxanne, Ando, they're going to retire and we're going to have to have like, somebody's going to have to win a race. Like, it's not like nobody can win. It's not like we have 22 guys go to the line. Everybody crashes and dies during the race. Like it's not going to be a thing. So, uh, Sexton was the first guy to get it done. The night was interesting for him. It wasn't exactly picture perfect. It wasn't top qualifier, whole shot win, uh, heat race, whole shot win, main event. Um, he did whole shot the main. However, Marv got him very quickly after it was him and him and Marv were basically neck and neck uh, for the whole shot there. And then Marv got him and led him around for, I think it was a lap, lap and a half maybe, maybe even two. And then... Um, the, the, even even Ricky and I believe Lee on the on the broadcast were talking like, is he going to wait around like he did and be patient like he was with Kenny two weeks ago, or is he going to make a move and go? And and he didn't wait around. He made a move and he went to the lead and he pretty much checked out at that point. Not a huge gap. I think it was five six. He he ended up winning by six seconds, and I don't think it was much more than that most of the time. He built that over a couple three laps and then just pretty much maintained, just hit his marks, maintained. And um, it's good to see. I'm glad to see Chase do it now. The big question mark here is: uh, Does he continue? Does this leapfrog him into that top group with with Tomac, with Webb, with uh, Kenny, with Ando, with those guys who can win races and be the guys come the end of the season? Or is this kind of like a one and done and he wins one and he doesn't want another one till either maybe late in the season, doesn't want another one till next year or something like that. That is what we are all going to have to wait and see at this point is what happens with that. So that'll be something to keep an eye on and see what happens. But overall, I mean, that was a good win. He he went out, he did what he was supposed to do and made it happen. And so congratulations to Chase and we'll just we'll see where this takes us. Sorry, I had to get a drink there. I usually can do that when Justin's talking. Um, next up on my list would be the guy that passed him uh, for the lead. So that would be uh, Marvin Muskin. And I'm confused with Marv. So Marv had a uh, Marv had a decent heat race. Him and Kenny, uh, you know, they, they got passed by Webb. Webb took off, and then they actually reeled Webb back in in the heat. And then in the main, Marv gets a start. He goes to the lead. And then he just starts fading, and he faded all the way from first back to tenth. So I haven't heard anything as to something being wrong yet. I'm sure we'll hear more as the week goes on. Um, 
But for right now, I have more questions than answers, really, much like uh, JT said on his podcast here I was just listening to. there, There's just like, what what the hell happened? I don't understand how you... I mean, Marv has looked okay all year. I mean, he was fourth in the first race and, and, and all that stuff. So I just don't understand how he went from first and faded all the way to 10th. Like, maybe there was a bike problem or something that we didn't see. Maybe he went down, that something like that that I didn't see. I don't know, but he was fading pretty hard before that i mean tomac got him kenny got him all all these all these guys just started getting him and we were watching that on tv so i i don't know the questions questions abound there and i don't have an answer so we'll have to wait later this week and see if we find anything out um next up on my list i have uh anderson uh wins the heat super fast in the main he was the guy now the big question is going to be for everyone was he going to catch and pass Chase? I don't know. I don't have a good answer for that because I'm not really sure, honestly. Might he have caught Chase? Yes, but catching someone and passing someone, two completely different things. Do I think if he catches him, maybe can he pressure Chase into a mistake? Maybe. I'm not sure. Um, we all know Ando doesn't pull any punches when he uh, when he goes to pass someone. If he needs to move you, he will move you. Um, but I don't I don't know. Uh, that The... He was he was the he was the fastest guy in that main though. Absolutely hands down the fastest guy. Making moves, moving people all the way and not in a dirty way, but just moving people. And um in fact, we saw that cuz uh Kenny was running third or something, second, third, I don't know. And Ando came up and just cleaned him out after the whoops and the turn right after the whoops. So, um and it, I say clean out. It wasn't really that greasy of a move. He just pretty much came up the inside and just swept right through and Ken was just in his way. So, um, but then as we all know, bikes start smoking and the fade begins. Uh, and he faded all the way to eighth place. Um, so what we're going to have to do is pretty much wait and see if we find anything out about what was wrong with that bike. There's lots of speculation that he smoked the clutch in it, which is super funny in the fact of Tomac was doing this for years on Kawasaki, and everyone was like, oh, it's Tomac, it's Tomac, it's Tomac. Well, apparently it's not Tomac. It's a Kawasaki thing. So I don't know. That bummer for Ando. He had a chance at going at least second place, if not first place, and really having a, uh, a, a little points lead here three rounds in, you know, and being the best guy over three rounds. So um either way the winner in all this is us because he is a revitalized jason anderson who can pull off race wins and can go to the front and can be the fastest guy every given race at this point so we'll have to continue to uh see how this progresses hopefully they get that fixed and um next weekend we don't see that kind of issue and we see him back at the front but we'll have to wait and see next up on my list would be the guy he took out uh, Ken Roxon. Um, so I heard in a post-race interview, Kenny say they had been playing around with the, uh, with the bike all day. They, every time they went on the track, they had different suspension settings, um, which that creates an issue of how do you get comfortable on the bike for the race then? Uh, because if you're always playing with it there during the day, like getting comfortable would be, would be tough. So, 
Um, in the heat, I thought he looked really good. Uh, obviously, Webb passed him, Marv passed him, and then him and Marv kind of hooked up, and they went from Webb pulling away from them to they closed it back down. They were both within like a second and a half at the finish of the heat race, and so I thought, okay, cool, like this is going to be a good battle here going into the main because these guys look like they have their shit together, and Kenny looked pretty good in the main. Like He looked pretty okay. Uh, then obviously however many laps in we were pretty early in the race there uh you see um you see ando take out kenny there at the end of the uh end of the whoop section and kenny got up he rode uh his bike i think he said he had a couple bent things but nothing major and um you know he was pretty much in eighth place and that was pretty much where he stayed anderson faded back right behind him but uh outside of that kenny didn't really make any moves and that that's pretty typical of kenny you know we see this all the time with him of when something kind of goes sideways he just they that's what happened i mean last week we saw in oakland he he gets bumped back to 13th and boom he's in 13th and he doesn't really go anywhere you know so interesting to see how it goes going forward he's not out of it by any means the top 10 are separated by 14 points so which is the smallest amount in the history of the series after three rounds for the top 10 to be separated by um so as far as i'm concerned we're we're still good going forward uh he's still in this we'll have to everything kind of we basically got to wait till we get through anaheim three once we get through anaheim three and we go to minneapolis where we're about halfway through the season or, or, you know, we're six, seven rounds in. Well, then then we can start really making some assumptions. But right now, everything's kind of wide open, which is great for us. We are the ones winning in all of this. So um, next up would be uh, would be the guy who finished um, in second. He would be the guy who is leading the points right now. Mr. Eli Tomac. Now, I made this comment pretty much. I can't remember if it was in the previous show or if it was in um, the A1 wrap-up show. Tomac's January is notoriously bad. He's a slow starter on the season. He does not do well. Um, So, if he can figure out January, which was what I said, these guys could be in major trouble, major, major trouble. And basically, this, is, this isn't looking good for them. Uh, we all know that Tomac come February, March, April, that's when he really comes on. That's when he is known for clicking off six, seven, eight, nine wins all over the course of like 10 rounds. Um, he's in first place in points right now. He hasn't won a race. He's gone 6-4-2 this year. Um he looked good. He had a good start last night. Their team manager said that they, him and Ferrandis had worked on nothing but starts uh, this week, um, which is good because that's exactly what they need. Uh, it's oof, it's not lining up well. Well, it's lining up awesome for us because there's another man I'm going to talk about next who is also right in this. Um, but, yeah, he is uh, – he seems to have something figured out here because his finishes are better. They're still kind of like we saw the sixth at a one and we all kind of went, uh Oh, like same, same Eli, different bike, different year. But since then going four and two and he looked good last night. He, um, 
uh, he passed. He actually passed Barsha last night in the heat. He did not pass Barsha, and I had wrote a note that said, "Oh, here we go, Eli once again can't get around Barsha." In the main, he figured out that in the whoops he was faster. He was very patient. He waited for it. Boom, blitz by, and then was just gone. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're going to have to keep an eye on this and see where this goes from here. But right now that he has the red plate three rounds in and is, is finishes are trending in the correct direction. So we'll have to see how this goes, but I wouldn't be surprised to see Tomac leading these points here for a significant amount of time now, especially if he's getting this figured out. Uh, next man up on my list would be Cooper Webb, uh, finished fourth. Now, with that being said of how good Tomek is, Cooper Webb here is also in a very good position. He's currently in third in points. He is one point down from um, from Eli Tomac. So by no means out of it. In fact, the top three, yeah, the top three, I think, are one point. And I think fourth, it's like two points out. Uh, so Webb has gone 274. So needless to say... I also think these boys are in trouble with this. And as I keep saying, the winner in all of this is us, the fans, the talking pundits, all of us who love this sport. We are winning at this point, especially with the with the um, <coughs> the parody we're seeing in the class. Because you could have Tomac go out tomorrow, race a race, get sixth, Webb wins. Then we go to the next weekend, and it's the exact opposite. Uh, Tomac will win, Webb will get sixth throw everybody else in the middle, and everybody's within five points. So this is lining up to be awesome. I hope this continues as we go. Uh, one of the fun facts here is we usually have no more than five or six winners in a year. We're three races in. We have three different winners. Uh, so next week, it's all of a sudden, oh, crap, we could have a fourth different winner and be on the verge of hitting our mark, you know, five races into the normal amount of different winners we have. Um now, Webb last night, I thought he looked good in practice. I thought he looked great in that heat. And then he got, uh, he did an interview after the race and said that he felt like crap all day. Last week, we know he was sick all week. We found out after the race, of course, that he had been sick all week and like really sick. So um, that seventh in Oakland was a good gutting it out finish. That's not the first time we've seen him sick. Back before the disease that will not be named on this show right now uh, hit, I believe it was in 2020. Um, I believe it was like a one and I don't know the first couple of rounds there. He, him and Zach were very sick then too, probably with what we won't speak of right now. Um, but anyway, there's lots of crud going around. So for him to be sick, not a surprise, uh, but just a great finish for as bad as they said he was last week. And then to come back this week and now he pulls off a fourth place. And like I said, third in the points, one point out, Man, this is shaping up to be awesome. But again, we got to get another two, three rounds in here before we can really start drawing any major, major conclusions. Um, the last thing I have on my list of notes from last night, and this is starting to come out more and more here, would be the uh, the Barsha versus Bogle incidents here as we go along. Um, so from my understanding, after the finish line i think it was and i haven't seen any videos yet i've been trying to i was trying to look them up right before the show but i had no sir no service whatsoever in here um i believe barsha committed a hate crime on <laughs> on bogle uh needless to say bogle was not happy about it and we all saw on the broadcast what bogle did bogle basically 
Went to the inside of the corner, knew Barsha was coming, uh, went to the apex of the corner, waited for Barsha to kind of go around the outside, and then just <laughs> right into him. Now, I'm a moron, and so in the broadcast, Ricky said, oh, man, look at that. He stalls the bike, and there have been a 100 stalls this year already, which is one thing I'm noting, too, of like, why are all these guys stalling? But anyway, I digress. A 100 stalls. And Ricky says, oh, he stalled. And me not thinking on at the current moment, because it's late here in Michigan where I'm at watching the race, I just think, oh, yeah, he stalled the bike. He got it started. And then it just like whoop, took off from him or whatever. Um, he rides a Suzuki. He doesn't have electric start. So he would have to pull the Kickstarter out and kick it to get it going. That was not a stall. That was a total takeout. And we're finding out now. Yes, it was a total takeout. So after the race, Barsha and Bogle got to go to the AMA truck. Um, Bogle got completely DQ'd from the race, so 22nd place for him, and Barsha got docked one position. Now, here's my thing here. I have no problem with Bogle getting DQ'd. I think it's I think it's excessive, but you do need to send a message of like, hey guys, this cannot be frontier justice out here all the time. You know, like you can't let things get out of control. I get that. Okay. Um, however, Barsha getting one spot, I think is way under, way under. It's no secret that Barsha has the Bam Bam name for a reason. Everyone has made comments about it over the last two years. We saw the Barsha Tomac yell fest last year where Tomac asked him, have you ever passed anyone clean ever um, we have seen this multiple times with Barsha. We saw it with him and Ando at A1. So my question is, is like, at what point do you set him down and go, dude, if you make contact, we're going to set you down for a race because where, yes, I like some rough riding and I like guys kind of, you know, getting in there and rubbing elbows, but dude, it's, it's getting almost ridiculous with him and i and i like barsha okay i've been a barsha i was a barsha fan back in the day i don't mind him now my thing is is like dude just tone it down you don't have to rub elbows with every single person you pass man like let's just go buy somebody are you faster than them or is it just a thing of you have roughed up enough people that people are now scared of you and going, oh God, oh God, oh God, please don't touch me. Please don't touch me. Please don't touch me here. Just go. So I don't know. We'll have to see as this progresses. I assume he's probably under a uh, a little bit more of a microscope now. At least I would hope so. Um, so we'll just have to see how this goes. Uh, but interesting. I've never seen, I haven't seen anybody DQ'd since the what was it? The Trey Kennard, Chad Reed thing when they black flagged Reed. So this is an interesting new development here. Um, but anyway, uh, so that pretty much ends my notes. So I'll just scroll through these results real quick. Um, so third place, Dylan Ferrandez. That's a good ride for Dylan. Now here's the thing. And Justin's not here to yell and scream at me. Otherwise this would be an awesome segment to clip, but this is pretty much almost the ceiling I see for Dylan strictly on the fact that he can't get starts in supercross when you can't get starts and you can't come you, you know you're not up there as we saw last night Tomac in third okay even when you're up there like that's where you need to be to even remotely be close 
Dylan still came through the pack last night. Like he did not have a good start again, and he came through the pack. Now he's fast. He's fast as hell. We all know he's fast. We've all said he's fast. We've all seen he's fast. He is a fast ass rider. However, he cannot get a start, and it hurts him. Last night, the start might have been better instead of getting a a 16th place start. He might have got a, a 10th place start, and now he lands on the box. That's cool. If he does figure out a start in a race, you know, maybe like Glendale where there's that super long start, maybe he'll figure that out and win that race. But outside of that, I don't see him winning unless he figures the starts out. If he figures those out, game over, no problem, done. If he doesn't, nope, we're done. Uh, Malcolm Stewart, fifth place, kind of same, same with Malcolm here. I haven't... I'm a little disappointed in the way his season has gone. I thought it was going to be a whole, whole lot better, uh, but it hasn't been. Uh, AP in sixth, that's kind of been AP's thing there, just kind of mid-top tens. I mean, I know he was on the box last week um, in second place. That was awesome, but I don't know that I see him winning a race. I just don't think he quite has that for the 450s. Um, we talked about Kenny. We talked about Ando Barsha ninth place, but he got docked a spot. So I guess it's 10th, um, which I assume will move Marv up to ninth. Uh, Justin Brayton coming back from non COVID COVID. Uh, he's in 11th max Anstey. I thought had a really good night. He had a, he had a really good qualifying time, uh, 12th place. That's pretty much, you know, this, this is where I see max as far as supercross goes for this year. He's in that eight to 12 range. That is that is what I see. So when I look at him for fantasy, which I had him last night, that is what I pick for is that eight to twelve. Uh, Shane McElrath, um, again, okay starts last night, not quite as good as what we've seen before, uh, but still pretty decent. And thirteenth uh, place, like he's getting better. He's not fading back quite so far. And as a lot of the guys have said on different shows, like he just needs to continue to get starts, run up front, and learn the pace. He hasn't run, rode a ton of four fifty races. Um, so he just needs to get any, he was off all last year other than like the one race he came back and ran the heat race and like two laps in the main. So, so I think that's good for, for Shane Dino 14th. Um, this is pretty much Dino is another guy I see in like the eight to 12 range. Um, so this is pretty much right around there. <laughs> I know he wasn't super happy. He had a good crash yesterday from what I understand. So not bad for Dino, uh, heart, heart throb, heart raft, uh, 15th. Um, again, that's right where I see him. He's more of the 12, 12 to like 16 guy at this point, but he's young in his career. The thing we forget is like heart raft's only, God, he's gotta be 21, 22, maybe like he's not very old. He got bumped out of the 250 class early because of just contracts and teams folding and everything else. So that I think is a good ride for him. Uh, Mitchell Oldenburg coming back in 16th. He was off last week because his kids were sick. Um, very respectable for him to not race last week because of that. Uh, good ride for him. Again, he's much more consistent in this class because he's not out there trying to win, I think. Uh, not that he's not trying to win. He just, I think there's something in him that he's not like, oh my God, I need to go to the front. I need to go to the front. I need to go to the front. He, he respects the the talent level in this class. So good ride for him. Uh, 17th Chiz is going to Chiz. That is pretty much what I, <laughs> oh crap. That's pretty much what I saw for Chiz. Uh, Josh Hill, 18th. Um, okay. Ryan Brees, 19th. Amart, 20th. Cool. Freddie Noren, 21. So those guys, pretty much Hill, Brees, Amart, and Noren. Those four dudes you could pluck out and put in 
a whole bunch of other guys, Starling, Morans, all those kind of dudes. Like those are pretty much the last four spots are like the spots of people that we could swap out very easily for other privateers, you know? Um, and then Justin Bogle, obviously in, uh, in 22nd there getting DQ'd. So, oh, maybe the, uh, well, maybe, maybe the Barsha thing was in effect. Maybe he was eighth and he got pushed to ninth. So anyway, um, yeah, so that's pretty much my thoughts on the, uh, on the 450 class here. Um, so we will take a, we will take a quick break. We will come back here with, uh, with privateer hero, Kevin Moran's talk to him about his night and then, uh, we'll wrap up some two fifties and then we'll get Hopper on the line. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Hello. Yo, Kevin Moran's welcome to Moto Aftermath show, bud. <laughs> uh, it's good to be back. Yeah. Well, it's just you and me tonight, brother. I got uh, two sick co-hosts. They're being soft, apparently. So, yeah. So it's just us. So anyway, <laughs> it's all good. Tell me about your San Diego round, there, buddy. Oh, not too shabby. Uh, not great, but part of it. Uh, not a whole lot you can do when you know. I just kind of goofed up a little bit, slid and hit neutral on the start of the LCQ. And then yeah. right around the first corner, uh, Justin Starling slid out right in front of me in the first rhythm section and shut it down for a double that I was already committed to. And we just kind of collided to, into each other. Both went off track and uh, stalled out for a little bit and got back going and came back to ninth. So felt really good riding, but just unfortunate when your LCQ starts that way. Hmm. Yeah, that's frustrating. I, I hate the fact I can't see. So like when I'm watching the LCQ with you in it, I just like all i can see is like what your name is doing on the board and it's like okay yeah. looks like he's making up some time we're gonna make some moves and then like nothing happens it's like okay what's going on i have no idea yeah. and then always looking in the background of the shot when they're doing the wide angle shots like oh am i can i see him somewhere is he is he doing something but never never works never works so nope. yeah i know it's a little bit annoying but you know, usually we're up front, so we'll just have to do that next time. Yeah. So what was what was the deal? Like, did you like that inside gate a lot? Because the inside didn't seem to be really working there um, from what I was seeing all day. So were you seeing something um, different? Kind of. Uh, kind of angled myself a little bit to try to skip the rut that's directly outside of the gate because the gate that I chose was not ideal, but it was on the inside. And I know like almost 100% I can get a jump just about on anybody in the LCQ. So I knew I was going to be good as long as I didn't, you know, wheelie or hit neutral. Well, I did both. So, <laughs> um, yeah, unfortunately it's just kind of the way it goes, but yeah, I just went inside because I lined up outside in the heat race mm-hmm. and got a decent jump wheelie again a little bit, to be honest though. Um, and, uh, you know, if you're on the outside, everybody pushes so wide. So I even knew if I could be top five going into the first corner that the, the people right in front of me would push wide and I'd be able to sneak down the inside. So yeah, the inside was just a lot safer route, no matter what, than being on the outside. Okay. All right. How were, uh, how were those whoops last night, man? Cause they didn't seem to break down like we saw in Oakland and form like the V, the V of death. They, uh, they yeah, seem to stay together pretty well. They stayed together, but they were still just big. Like, yeah the last three round ra- i mean the only three rounds we've had but the last three rounds have been large whoops or at least difficult whoops compared to what i've seen i guess in years past mm-hmm. um again i've never raced any of the west coast rounds so this is all new to me but yeah dude whoops are intense this year so we'll see if that continues or if they knock it down a little bit 
Well, you're not the only person I've heard say that. There's a lot of people saying like, what the hell are we doing? These things are huge all year. So yeah, dude. So that's it. At least we only have one set this week as opposed to multiple sets. What? Did, <laughs> no joke. What did you think of the track outside of that? Because a lot of nineties. Um, I mean, it was kind of, I guess, chopped up a little bit. So what did, what did yeah, you I think mean, you outside it, of that? You hit it right on the head, to be honest. It's just kind of awkward. Uh, really simple. Everybody's pretty much doing the same thing. Uh, nothing too crazy. Pretty one line to an extent. Um, and yeah, just not having a bowl before the whoops or after the whoops is kind of unfortunate. Yeah, that turn after the whoops was super, super awkward. And I kind of, yeah. in practice, I pretty much call them like, if you can figure out how to nail that turn, that's that's the winning combo right there. You can come yeah, off there, 100%. hit that, hit that flat corner perfect, and go. Which we saw in the 450 main with like Anderson, like he had figured it out how to kind of get to the inside and kind of push people out. He did it with Kenny. Um, he was doing it with a couple other guys, and it was working for him. And he was picking guys off and just going to the front. So, um, you uh, you had some had some bike issues this week. <laughs> you want to, dude? It's wanna... been one thing after another. All right. like that's my biggest thing is. So obviously round one wild scenario would have never guessed that that would have happened in round one, but luckily walked away from it. So then I didn't ride that whole week because I was just trying to get my shoulder right. Mm-hmm. Um, so then went to Oakland and was preparing the bike and everything like that. And we raced and while racing pretty much, we noticed what was going on with the frame so then we got through Oakland because I was just kind of getting through with my whole shoulder situation. Didn't ride it all the week before. So then after that, I didn't ride it all last week because I was just trying to focus on getting my frame fixed and figuring that situation out while also letting my shoulder heal up. So then coming into this weekend, at least got the frame figured out and came into it and was feeling better. And I probably rode the best that I've ridden this year yet uh, in the LCQ after getting back up and going and kind of picking my way through the field a little bit. Um so this week, um, we're going to do a little bit more shoulder stuff. I think we're actually going to get some seat time in during the week. I'm going to try to see what I can do to get into press day. So this coming weekend should be it. Let's put it that way. Sweet. Now, t- tell everybody, for anyone who, who wasn't following you on Instagram or whatever, tell, tell them what happened with your frame there because that was, that yeah, was an interesting so scenario. At, yeah. At A1, um, I more or less clipped the double before the supercross triple it made my rear end go outside and it caused my front end to knife very hard which pitched me off the bike apparently it pitched me off so hard and it it, it, you know knifed so hard that it actually hit the bar stop triple clamps hit the bar stop and ripped the bar stop off the frame so then i was put in a position where since it was crash damage it wasn't a manufacturer defect there's nothing that really KTM could do about it. So then I was put in a situation where I couldn't get a replacement and uh, I had to fix it more or less. So, yeah, that was the whole situation with that is trying to figure out who can weld a KTM frame uh, without having to completely frame the bike and that whole situation. So, yeah, it was quite a mess. Yeah, but you found somebody. So that's good, man. That's sweet. So. Yeah, exactly. That And, yeah, so uh, Chuck Warren from metal tech because he uh he's like the guy out here apparently he does a lot of the customization of uh some of the factory frames and some of the other stuff for these uh bigger teams Mm -hmm. so he was the guy that 
he's the right guy for the job. Let's put it that way. Sweet. That's awesome. Um, now you said you were going to try to ride this week. Any idea where you're going to try to go or, uh, no, it really just depends on what my situation comes down to, whether I can get into press day or not. Okay. Uh, hopefully I can finagle that, uh, cause that'll be a day of riding this week. So worst case scenario, if we don't even ride till press day, it's still going to be beneficial for us since we'll be riding the track that, uh, We'll be racing this weekend, but um, I think we're going to try to ride Wednesday as well, and we'll see how that turns out. Okay. Now, so. when you and I kind of talked, you said you had some fluid in your shoulder. Are you getting that? Uh, you getting that removed, or what? Or uh, just... I mean, it's just it's just kind of like it's just something that it's just like inflammation and whatnot. So you oh, know, okay. take some Advil and uh, ice up and just be smart with it. Is kind of the whole situation with that. I don't think it's anything specific like that. I need to get drained, okay. but. Yeah, it's just it's it's battered and bruised and just needs to be in chill mode to an extent. Yeah, or at least be smart with it. Hey, it could be worse, man. Could be AC. Could have a tweaked knee and a tweaked shoulder and just be fucked. Yeah. since Jump Street. So, um, oh, he has a tweaked knee too. Yeah, he tweaked it in practice. That's why I didn't ride last night. Because oh I guess my he, goodness. In oh, pra- he did. Oh, go ahead. It's from his knee, not his shoulder. I figured his shoulder was done for. No, in uh, so in practice they showed he came off the end of the whoops. And it kind of pitched uh-huh. him uh, sideways, like to the right, and he just mm-hmm. like dabbed his knee, and then that was all she wrote in. I think it was Q two, and then uh, he went out there. Obviously, rode like shit. I don't know, not even a lap of his heat, and pulled off, and that was it. Oh wow! And I was super pumped because he was on my fantasy team, and then I took him off in the last in the thirteenth hour, and I was like, hell yeah! Thank God I took him off. <laughs> So, I'm waiting for the day I can put old Kevin Moran's on my fantasy team, bro. I need, yeah, I need no joke. I need some guarantee. Yeah. So, um, any so I've been getting hit up a lot. Any thoughts on you doing 250 East, or we're we're still strictly no, doing dude, 450? East, East is East is going to be more stacked than ever. I wish I was in. If anything, I was wish I was in 250 right now. But yeah. I don't have bikes in place, and I don't have a. a I'm not just gonna cop out of what i came in expecting to do so yeah i just gotta step it up more or less and then yeah we'll stay 450 the whole time unless a fill-in ride comes about okay because i'm not gonna go buy 250s and get 250s built yeah to come into a pretty gnarly coast yeah like yeah that's what sucks right now is 250 coast right now is pretty weak on this side so yeah. it'd be nice to be in it right now but i mean i'm already committed to 450 so that's what we're sticking with dude i have people all the time I've had, is he going to, like, he should switch and just do 250 West. And I'm like, he's missed the first three rounds. So what is he doing 250 West? Because he's going to get top fives maybe, like, okay. Then everybody, oh, is he going to do 250 East? Well, I don't think so. Like, he's got a 250, but I haven't heard that he's building that to race. So I don't think, plus that coast, as we just stated, stacked. And then I don't remember what the other, there's been all sorts of shit. People have been texting me. I'm like, dude, he, he's doing four fifties. All right. This, this is what he's going to do. It's rough for everyone right now. I literally just said in my four fifty breakdown, when you get down to the bottom here, you have Norin, Martin, Breeze, Hill, and you could swap them out for say you seven deuce deuce. I mean, Starling, a Ray, Clayson. a Ray, Clayson, like there's about, Dude, we can, there's a, there's a solid 10 guys. That I'm going to say there's those last four spots. There's a dozen privateers guys or privateer ish guys that are those last four spots until people start to drop off, which I don't know that we're going to really see here. So, um, uh-huh. maybe, I mean, obviously AC went out last night, so that was one. Um, but 
who knows what Savachi. the hell yeah oh yeah Savachi too yeah that's right i forgot to talk about him but anyway yeah uh, i mean that's a situation too that i've already filled in for those guys so like i just need to get my ass in the main event and then start doing a little bit better and maybe that's an opportunity yeah yeah i mean hey too trust me if you make the main next week the first place i'm stopping on my way out of that out of that stadium is is the rm truck to be like hey you boys need somebody to ride that bike or what yeah exactly because so, he's racing without an acl anyway so and i don't know what happened yeah. last night if he do you know do you know oh, he, 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 he yeah he's getting his knee fixed he already said he said he's done oh okay okay cool yep okay so he is done um did you uh did you happen to see the uh the Barsha on Bogle and then the Bogle on Barsha crime last uh, night? Dude, I've already I've already hit up several people uh that are close to either program. I want to see what happened between Barsha to Bogle. Because yes, everybody saw on TV the Bogle to Barsha, but I want to see what happened originally. I heard so I was listening to Steve's post race interview. And he was talking to uh-huh. Bogle, and you could just tell Bogle was pissed. Like normally, he's he's not like a real like yeah 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 guy, but like he's chipper when he talks. There was no chipperness yeah. last night. He was fucking pissed, and I guess it was from what they said, it was a fucking hate crime on Bogle, like what he did to him. Um, and then oh, the, I can only imagine, dude. Well, and the funny thing to me is, so I'm watching the race last night, and it's late here in Michigan, right? Because I'm on the East Coast, and uh, fucking Ricky makes that comment on the broadcast about like Bogle stalling his bike, and that's what caused him to run into into Barsha there. And my dumb ass in my, I guess, a coma of right before I'm going to bed is just like, oh yeah, that's probably what happened. And then today I'm thinking about, I'm like, that, he dumb fuck. He rides a Suzuki. He doesn't have electric start. He could not stall it and restart it without putting his foot down and getting a Kickstarter out. So, yeah, that was, uh, that's wild that that, because <laughs> he straight up, and the best part is, is like, he straight up planted Barsha and then Barsha didn't do anything. He just got up and kept going. So, this is, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm, I was trying to locate the video before I started recording too to see, if anybody had Barsha just cleaning him out, I'm expecting a, a Brees seven deuce deuce uh, uh, style takeout there. Yeah, dude, I, that's what I, <laughs> oh, I want to see it so bad because yeah, there's no way that I honestly didn't even think about the whole electric star situation. Like that's funny how you pointed that out. <laughs> well, dude, I, like I said, it's, by the time I'm watching the race here, it's, you know, almost one o'clock in the morning, which is way past my old ass's bedtime. And so when Ricky said that on the broadcast, I was just like, oh, yeah, because in my mind, every bike now has electric start. So if you stall like that, oh, yeah, you just push the button and it starts. and You don't even have to put your feet down if you're still rolling. But he doesn't have that. So I don't know. Wild, wild shit. Um Anything else you noticed? Did you watch the race last night or did you do you like when you don't make the main, do you just take off from the stadium, get packed up and take uh, off? I just, or? I just start packing up and then like I'll catch because like obviously it's on Peacock. So a lot of people have that stuff. And, you know, the race is playing on TV uh, and people's pits and whatnot. So I glance over every once in a while while I'm getting all my stuff uh, ready to go for the next weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool, man. Um, well, I guess anything else, man. I, I, when we talk every week, it's like I don't have tons of stuff to be like, oh, yeah, by the way. So 
Uh, <laughs> it's all good. I know it's a lot easier with other people in the room with you too. Yeah, that's the other thing too. Is like those boneheads usually at least come up with a couple of questions to to ask or whatever. So it's like I'm just I'm I'm spitballing here. Um, but yeah, no, that's uh that's interesting though too with Savachi being done for the year. So yeah, there definitely could be a thing. We got to get you. We need to get you in a main here, bro. Here's what I need you to do. Oh, okay, I need you to. I'm, I need you to call Chiz and I need you to be like, Chiz, I just need you to tell me how to do what you do because <laughs> Chiz is just the most ridiculously consistent fucking privateer dude I've ever seen in my life. Like, yeah, like that guy is unbelievable. I mean, like, dude, like last night he's 17th and he started. And at one point he was like 22nd because I had him on my yeah. fantasy team. So I was watching and then boom, he just, you know, goes there. So, um, giveaways this week we got giveaways going on me yeah yeah oh did you see that by the way you you're you won oh i won something no no i didn't sorry yeah. it's been a little hectic around here the last few weeks so no i did not see that uh i won yeah, we got the, <laughs> oh god if you're a patron which you know you are yeah um uh we do the giveaway the charity sign number play giveaway every single weekend and the signed Oakley goggle giveaway. And you walked away with the uh, signed Cherubis front number plate this weekend. Sweet. So I got another front number plate. Well, don't worry. Yes, indeed. I will probably, honestly, I will probably pay it forward. I will probably just give it away to somebody else, honestly, for something. Because we obviously like already it. have them. So. Well, I mean, you don't have a 57 one, but I like it. Oh, that's true, too. I could, well, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe I'll keep it. I don't know. I don't know because it is a different number to go on the wall. So um, how am I? Yeah. Yeah, well, okay. you are you are a patron, and you're going to be in this giveaway every single weekend. So you could probably <laughs> end up walking away with another one. Well, hey man, I mean, if I did, <laughs> this almost doesn't seem fair. <laughs> I probably <laughs> should just give the damn thing away anyway because it's like if I really needed one, I could call you and be like, hey bro. Can I can I get one of those? <laughs> and you would yeah. be like, "Yep, no problem." So, so yeah, we probably we probably should pass that on. So, I mean, I'll tell you Talk what, dude, just it. just pass it on. I'll get one at the end of the year. I don't need this. Just just do do a redraw. Say, look, he he's he he's good. <laughs> so let's just let's just pay that forward, man. Like I said, at, at the end of the year, yes, I would like a fifty-seven to go on the wall too. But for right now, let's just keep let's just keep paying it forward to people, man. I like it. So, um, yeah, and they can uh, they can join that because you also have the uh, the pit bike giveaway you're doing too. So yeah, dude, there's all sorts of giveaways. So you get the uh, Oakley goggles and a Cherubis front number plate every single weekend, and then as long as you're a patron every single month, you get X amount of entries depending on what tier you're at that uh, all go towards the pit bike in the season. So if you guys want to join that, uh, just hit uh, just search KevinMorans.com. So website, hit Jordan Rand's Racing tab, uh, Jordan Rand's Mafia, whatever you want to call it, and you just join as a fan, and it takes you right to uh, all the levels, and you get your name on the race bike if you want it. So uh, a bunch of cool little benefits. So all goes back to the privateer program. So I appreciate, guys, appreciate your guys' support. Hell yeah. Oh, but speaking of stuff that I wanted, though, I did want a hat for Justin. <laughs> if you still got sure. one of those, one of those maroon uh, Moran's hats. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 100%. I just, I've never texted the address, so, like, no big deal. I've got 67 yeah. packages sitting here to send out to people, too, so. Yeah, yeah you a, know how it is. Yeah, it's a mess. I mean, today I installed a, uh, I installed a new mini split unit in, uh, in the shop here, so, you know, it's, uh, 
yeah, and I've got the addition going, so I've got insulation to do that. So I've got tons of stuff outside of my shop is full of parts, you know, because it's the busiest nice. time of the year for me. So yeah, so it's, you know how it is. It's uh, it's wild, and then we've got to do all these shows all week too. So it's uh, yeah. it's it's a never never ending thing. On the positive note, everyone in my family seems to be better now because we have all had different sicknesses. So. Everyone seems to be on the up and up from everything. My congestion's finally going away. I don't know if you have had this yet, Kev, or any sort of any of the crud that's going around, but it's been like since Christmas that I've been basically congested, coughing, and, and a stuffy nose. So it's it's finally almost back to normal. <laughs> yeah. Fun. Yeah. How is the how's the situation in the pits there, man? Is there uh because obviously we hear with the ride. This is this is actually I'm pretty pumped. I just thought of this. Uh, there obviously we hear of the um, uh, the riders that don't get to ride because of COVID protocols. But are we seeing? Are you seeing a lot of uh, like mechanics and, and industry people uh, that are getting popped there through the pits, or what, what's the deal uh, with that? To an extent, but like the the biggest thing is honestly like it, it feels like it's back to normal when it comes to fans how many people are in the pits like it, it it's way better than it was last year but yeah dude it's it, that, it's always a sketchy situation hmm. interesting yeah because i like i said I, we hear the riders i mean obviously we heard brayton oldenburg didn't ride because his kids were sick um who was popped the first week was it uh starling and somebody no robin i don't remember a yeah, couple Robin. dudes the first week there. So like we've yeah. seen it we've seen it start to pop up. Um but you know, but obviously we don't hear mechanic, tire guys, truck drivers, you know, all that kind of crap, man friends, whatever you want to call them, start popping yeah. up and seeing. So who knows? And and as we all know, this new new variant runs runs rampant. It's getting everybody, so Yeah, that's what, no joke. So whatever. So yeah. Well, Maybe we'll see you in Minneapolis, but it sounds like the Minneapolis rules are getting more strict by the day, so I'm nervous if I'm going or not. Oh, boy. That's super fun. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I've been talking to Isaac trying to figure that one out because we have tickets to go, but uh, uh, I don't know if we are or not. <laughs> it's yeah. a very fluid situation. Well, yeah. Keep me in loop. Well, let me let me tell you this. If I don't go there, I will be in Dallas the next week. So, um, sweet. That's that's my plan. The flights are coming down a little bit. In fact, the flight I looked up the first time, I had to sit in the back of the plane for seven hundred and fifty bucks, and then yesterday I could fly like first class for like eight hundred and fifty bucks. I was like, oh, all right, sweet. This works well. Yeah. So, needless to say, we're. Either way, we'll be at some races because we are definitely still on the on the map <laughs> for Indy, Detroit, and uh, St. Louis. So yeah, so we'll be at some. Don't you don't you worry. It's just the are we going to be at Minneapolis or am I going to be at Dallas? I'm not sure. We'll figure it out. So, um, but other than that, man, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Our weekly our weekly Kevin Moran's privateer updates. So hopefully we have a uh, have a good week here with training and stuff and. Uh, we can see you actually put it in the main this week because, uh, yeah, I want to want to watch it on the last race of the night, man. Yeah, no joke. <laughs> <laughs> but hey, whatever, man. First 450 year, I'm not I'm not fucking cutting you down. <laughs>
Don't don't think this is hating <laughs> over here. You know it's all yeah, love, baby. It's all love. Hey, we'll get there. Don't you worry. I know. I know. Hey, I'm not worried at all. So, all right, man. Well, thank you. Have a good week, man. I'm sure I'll talk to you at some point this week. But uh, if not before, we will chat next week after Anaheim 2. All right. Sounds like a plan, my man. All right. Thanks, buddy. Later. All right, Kevin Moran's everybody. So working his way through. Everybody's got to remember this is only, I think, his third full year. Um, on uh, his third full year of Supercross. Um, and I mean he's only on his sixth 450 race because he did 250, 250, a partial year or two. So okay, so I think he was. 18 partial year, 19 full year 250, 20 was a full year 250, 21 was 250 east, whatever started first last year, 250 east, and then he did 450 when they went west, but then he got hurt at Atlanta too. So, hey man, he's learning, he's getting there, he's taught, he's made enough noise in the industry to be talked about. Um, I definitely think he's better on the 450, and and that is strictly from a from an outdoor perspective, which I know outdoors and indoors are completely different. We talk about that all the time too. But uh, having having watched him very closely, I believe the 450 is a better route for him. And for anyone who's out there who is wondering, um, he uh, he doesn't have any plans really to ride 250 now. I forgot to read the read before I brought him on, but Kevin Moran's was presented by the Dirt Bike Depot. So if you need some new moto gear but don't want to pay those expensive retail prices, shop the Dirt Bike Depot for all your moto gear needs, gear sets, boots, helmets, goggles, and more. They specialize in athlete-only boots as well as tons more items that you can't buy in the stores. Follow them on Insta at Dirt Bike Depot and DM them with any questions you may have. And if you want to get a little discount at Dirt Bike Depot, you can uh, get 10% off with the code TMAS10. That's T-M-A-S-10 to get 10% off from the Dirt Bike Depot. Um, okay, so we got some time here before Johnny Hopper comes on. So let's move on here to the 250 class. Now, 250 class, 250 West here, as Kevin kind of mentioned, it's getting pretty depleted here pretty quick. I don't have a ton to talk about. Uh, the 250 review is going to be brought to you by Gutterworks. Gutters this week. Um, Gutterworksgutters.com. Make sure to check them out. Moto family over there. Kayla and Josh Libretto own it. They are Southwest Michigan. Seamless gutters experts here. So uh, so make sure to check them out. Great people. Great moto family. Um and some real patriots. So make sure, like I said, to check them out. Shout out to uh, Kayla and Josh there uh, for bringing us the 250 wrap up here for this week. Now, in the 250s, I'll once again I'll talk about my notes that I kind of took down, and then we'll kind of run through the finishing order and oof, and go through there with anybody I may know. But it's getting a little thin, so there's a lot of privateer guys, and I'm not up on every privateer guy that we got so anyway um let's start with michael moseman finally pulls off the first win and here we are we're in the same spot we are with sexton is this going to continue (coughs) or is this going to be it like a one and done or one every once in a while he finally he needed to get one done we've all said this with him too he needs to get one he's the one guy that we really think has the speed to compete with craig hopefully this sparks uh some more intensity with him not they really lack that. He just had dumb mistakes, but hopefully this sparks something in him and we can watch him 
really battle with Craig here, and it'll make this series interesting instead of Craig just running away with it. So great on him. Um, I have met the kid. He's a nice kid, even though he doesn't answer my text messages. I don't know why. I, whatever. Anyway, uh, would love to have him on the show if he's listening. I know he's not. But anyway, uh, great to see him win. And like I said, hopefully this will make the top of the class more interesting because right now it's it's not great. Um, so second place on the night, Hunter Lawrence here. Uh, he had the opportunity to get Moseman and get out of there. Now, we're going to talk about lappers a little bit. I know no one wants to really talk about lappers all the time because we do. It's it's a constant thing of like lappers, 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 lappers. Uh, but you had lappers in the whoops are what caused the issues with um, uh, with Lawrence. I mean, and realistically, Swole is... So Thrasher was getting lapped in the whoops, which caused the initial problem with uh, Lawrence running into the back of Moseman there and crashing. And then you had Swole on the last lap not getting out of the way, and that caused Hunter not to be able to get Moseman or really put in a good good charge on Moseman there at the end. Uh, so Lapper's playing a factor there, and it's just it's annoying, but it is what it is. I do think Hunter could have got him. And I think had he been closer on that last lap, we all know Hunter's not scared to go in and throw elbows. I think we could have seen some sparks in that last corner. Uh, but who knows? We will never know. It is what it is. And, uh, you know, he's, he's right there. Like the top three are all pretty close. Uh, let's see here. Craig finished third and we'll get to him in a second. Sorry. I'm just looking at points. So Craig's got 73 points. Hunter has 67 so he's six out and Moseman is 62 so he is uh oh, shit what's it called he is six I don't know he's within 10 uh so anyway um so the top top three are all within 10 so anything could happen here and if we get some more like this where Hunter wins one Michael's second Craig is third like it's gonna really close up that gap but it's very top heavy it's a very it's a very depleted 250 West and this is where it falls into the do we need to combine the codes and just have the 250 class be a true 250 class and then do a feeder series that's like stock 250s or 125s or whatever I don't know that's a debate for another day when I'm not here solo monologuing but I digress so uh Christian Craig had a rough night now we're going to talk about Craig's main event and then I'm going to talk some talk some shit for lack of a better term on Craig because the heat race I was not impressed with so um, main event down in the first corner there. Basically what happened is Hunter squeezed them off. I mean, if you watch that restart, Hunter Hunter got the jump, got the elbows in front and squeezed off Craig and everybody on the inside. That's what happened. And Craig did a great job of like getting up, rebounding, coming back to third. Everyone's like, oh, I'm super impressed with this. Dude, this field is so lightweight. The only person he was coming through that... I even thought might put up a fight until he got to Hunter and Michael was Shimoda. Now we saw what happened with freeze freeze kind of was trying to play stop and go with him. Um, luckily Craig got by and it didn't really cost him anything other than some time, uh, which I don't know that he was getting up there to those top two anyway. Um, but whatever. Now, Let's go to Craig and Freeze in the heat race because this is where, and I had several notes of fucking moron, idiot, what the fuck are you doing? So in that heat race, you had Craig run it up tight on Freeze and it almost cost him. And in my mind, I'm thinking, what are you doing? Um, you are 
by far the fastest dude in this class right now. You have won two. You have won the first two races. You've won heat races. You've been fastest qualifier, and you're going up and throwing elbows with a guy who, for lack of a better term, is like like a fifth place guy essentially. You know. So what are you doing? Like just little bit of patience, but. I'm worried that Craig is going to have that kind of uh, the attitude of I'm supposed to be winning, blah, 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 and I need to, I'm supposed to be out front, not you. And I think that's what we kind of saw in that heat race. And honestly, that could cost him that he could throw this title away. I honestly am about 50 50 on whether he's actually going to win the title strictly on the fact of I think he's going to throw it away. Watching that heat race, watching him do that, he's he's old enough. They should know better than to do that. Like you have to be smart enough. I know you went and had a talk with Freeze. Freeze doesn't give a shit. Okay, as we saw in the main, Freeze doesn't give a shit if you had a talk with him. He's gonna throw elbows with you. He's gonna try to he's gonna try to mess with you. He is that's the way Freeze races. Okay, and I'm not saying there's anything good, bad, and different about it. That's the way he races. Okay, so you have to just. Be the smartest dude to get by him and keep out of trouble. You don't need to go out and be fastest qualifier. You don't got to win every heat. You don't even have to win every main at this point. You just have to make sure you win a couple more, and you're pretty much golden as long as you can stay on the box. So keep yourself out of trouble and just go do it, and you'll win this title. But I'm scared that Craig is not going to be able to have that mindset. He's going to have the mindset of I'm the man, and I should be the man, and I should be the man in everything, and it's going to fight him. So we'll have to see how this goes, how this plays out. We've got a few more rounds here before we go east. Um, so we'll see. But, man, it would not surprise me at all to see him get caught up in something stupid and throw this title away. Uh, moving on to fourth place there, Vince Freeze. Um, Freeze did freezy things. Good starts. Um and then, you know, what he did with Craig, that, that's just a freeze move, okay? We've seen this with him for years. He's not going to change. He's never going to change. So don't think he's changing. And he's right where we all thought he would be in this class, which is pretty much a top five guy. He's got a good bike underneath him. He's got, he, he races okay, like good starts, decent in the whoops. So this is what he is. Is he going to be on the box at some point? Yes, I think he's definitely going to be on the box. Could he even pull off like in one of these triple crowns a win? Yeah, I think he could. <clears throat> but this is pretty much where I see him. His top five, fourth, fifth, maybe a third here and there if something happens to those top three dudes. But those top three dudes, no one else is really touching except for maybe the next guy who's fifth place, which is Joe Schmoda. And this is just... This is just bad luck on Joe's part. He just can't seem to get a start little tip overs big crashes like last week you know luckily he he doesn't get hurt he's apparently flexible or something so he won't get hurt but man it's just it it should have been a year of like joe battling with those other three and joe is struggling to even maintain in the top five right now and i just think it's just one of those years hopefully mitch sees that and doesn't drop him i mean obviously he's the only dude left hamaker went out sad that he went out because he was another guy in here but you know once again here joe has the potential to be the best pc guy at a fifth place dude essentially right now i hope he puts it together i hope he gets better i hope he can um i hope he can get get things back on track to the smooth uh consistent joe schmoda that we saw last year 
Um, but right now it's rough for him. It's really, really rough. Uh, moving next, sixth place, Carson Mumford. Um, this kid is starting to impress me more and more. He's on the Suzuki, which we all know is, it's not a terrible bike, but it's just the most inferior bike out of the six that are out there. Um, but they have put a lot of work into that bike. It's working well. He's getting great starts. He is putting himself up front and the more he puts himself up front and learns to run that pace. I mean, he may put himself up front like we've seen run that pace for half a lap and then get dropped. Okay, cool. No problem. He puts himself up front. He runs that pace for three laps. He gets dropped. Cool. No problem. It's going to continue to build. And by the time we get through this first West coast swing, you could see him running up front for more than half the race and really battling with these guys. And once he figures that, that pace out, like, Ooh, then, then they're in trouble because then he can, then he can start running with them. So, um, good night for Carson Mumford there at sixth place. That's a great finish. I honestly see him in like a, a five to 10 range this year. Uh, I think this is a real big building year for him. So we'll just have to wait and see what happens. I mean, maybe he puts it in the top five here a couple times, but it really depends. Um, next up, seventh place, Jalik Swole coming back off an injury. Uh, decent night for him. That's pretty much <sighs> Jalik should be up there battling in the top five. Um, but with having the injury to start the year, obviously that makes it for a slow start here. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, Nate Thrasher, I'm not going to make a whole bunch of comments on because Justin's not here. So it's not as much fun because I don't get to argue with anyone, but Thrasher pretty much did. I mean, this is what I see out of him. Eighth place. Like Justin would argue the fact he was running up front and then, you know, <coughs> crashed or something. Okay, cool, dude. But this is, this is what he does. Like finishes are finishes, whether he's running first and crashes or whatever. I don't, I haven't seen finishes like he got fifth last week. Okay, cool. If that's the best he does, well, then that's not uh, not a great look. Uh, Cole Thompson out of Canada, ninth. Okay. Carson Brown, 10th. Pretty much great. Uh, 11th place, Dylan Walsh. He had a good night. Um, good start. Ran up front. Um, you know, so not bad. I believe he's from New Zealand, I think. Yeah, that's what it looks like. So New Zealand. Uh, so a good night for him for coming over here and, and you know, trying to race Supercross. Uh, Derek Kelly, very Derek Kelly night, uh, 12th place, Chris blows 13th. I heard he wasn't happy with that. Robbie Wageman 14th. Um, he had a rough night. He was down that first turn pile up. Uh, Ryan or no, maybe Wageman wasn't Ryan Surratt was uh 15th place for him. So that was a good comeback ride. Cause he was like <coughs> in 20th or something. Um, Devin Harriman 16th. Okay. Schwartz 17th. Schwartz is just not great at Supercross. That's all there is to it. He's good at outdoors. He's not great at Supercross. So we'll see. Uh, Dylan Woodcock 18th. So that's cool. Uh, Brandon Ray 19th. Kay Namarine made the main. So that's cool. 20th. Justin Rod Bell won the LCQ. So this is Rod Bell's, I think, first race. Uh, not the summer of Rod Bell, but the winter of Rod Bell here. So 21st. And Garrett Marchbanks went out. I don't know what was wrong with him. 22nd place. So yeah, that's pretty much the 250 class. It's getting really, really top heavy and really, really weak th throughout the the 250 West. So, which is cool for these privateer dudes because it allows for a lot of them to get up there and really get some experience riding the main event and, you know, really riding under for the full 15 minutes and stuff. But, um, it's not, not great for us fans, but that's okay. We only got a few more rounds and we're going to be East and the East coast has 30 good dudes to start with. So hopefully that will be a lot better. So, um, anyway, that's been the 250 wrap up again, brought to you by Gutterworks. Um, so we are going to take a break here. We'll come back with the one and only Johnny Hopper 
and uh, we will see what we can get into with him. So thanks for listening. We'll be right back. What is up, Travis? Johnny F. and Hopper. Welcome to the Moto Aftermath show, sir. Thank you for coming on tonight. Just like that, just quick right into it, bro. We're not we're we're not here to waste time. I know you got stuff to do. I got stuff to do, bro. We're here. We're doing it. All right, my headphones. <laughs> I, was, I, was, uh, I was expecting a a small. You, you caught me in neutral. I caught you. I don't you. have the clutch in or anything, bro. I've been I've been I've been caught in neutral all day. Justin and Cole are both sick. Uh, Cole was at the AIM Expo or whatever out in Vegas hanging out with Cooksey, and now all of a sudden he's sick, and then Justin woke up this morning puking his brains out, apparently. So, I am solo doing this. I did a monologue about the uh, the, the race. So, yeah, here we are. <laughs> so. It sounds like a busy man, Travis. Dude, I always am, man. I always am. I did I did HVAC installation all day in my shop. So, you know, I've been I've been I'm a jack of all trades. I've got insulation work to do this week in the shop expansion. I am I'm all over the place, man. And in some some points I powder coat and once in a while I ride a dirt bike, so Hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> jack of jack of all things. Hell yeah. How goes um, how, how goes the crypto world for you? Oh, let's let's not talk about it. <laughs> it's not it's not going well right now, huh? No, well, it's it's all the the fud, fear, uncertainty, and doubt over inflation and interest rates. Um, I'm actually I've got some limit orders in right around thirty thousand. Uh, uh, I've got one at one and a half Bitcoin that I'm looking to try to buy right around thirties. So I'm. I'm praying we get down there, but at the same time, like, I don't want us to get down there. So, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I keep uh, I keep checking my Coinbase account, and I'm just like, oh, I can't look at this right now. <laughs> it makes, yeah, me, it makes me sad. Don't keep opening it. It's almost like Anderson leaving his radiator cap open. You know? <laughs> just don't do it. Yep, yep. So, um all right, so let's talk racing here because I'm sure these people don't want to listen to us talk financials, although we could do a financial podcast too. That would be fun. That would be a good time. Can we do can we do financials and, and conspiracy theories? Is, is that a thing? Or That is a totally a thing. You know, I'm, I'm full of hot air, so I can just talk, 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 talk. <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome. Um, yeah, so racing. Uh, you brought up Anderson there, so we'll, we'll start there, man. Um, dude, what a disappointment. I said my monologue. Maybe I could talk. I said in my monologue that he was the fastest dude on the track last night. Period. He had figured out that turn after the whoops, which I decided. I think it was the first qualifying session we could watch on Peacock. There, that when you figured out that turn after the whoops, that would be the guy who could win the race last night because that was the, the that was the key to that track essentially. Um, and he figured it out. We saw him take Kenny out. We saw him make some moves on a couple other people in that corner. Uh, and then man, here we are. Kawasaki's again, uh, steaming as they roll around the track. So, uh, yeah, give us, give us your thoughts on that there, Johnny. That's not a good look for sure. Those whoops looked scarier than shit. Um, but most of the factory bikes, you know, they've got enough power to stay on, on top of them, but 
I agree with you that um, trying to get through the whoops so you're not dropping your front end, but you're still holding a tight inside was, was fairly key. It was interesting that nobody started jumping through them. Um, and as far as Anderson goes, oh, I, I sure hope this doesn't kill his mojo because, dude, he went through he went through Kenny, he went through Marv, he went through Eli, he went through Dylan. Like that, I personally think he was going to win the race, win the race, and then he was going to set it in stone. Hey, I'm the guy to beat. And Kawasaki is literally the best thing that's happened to him. I still think that Kawasaki is probably the best thing that has happened to him. Maybe it's a little bit more structure over at the team because uh, he's just one of those wild guys that i mean if if crusty demons was as big as it was back in the 90s dude he would be you know the poster child for that and just let's just have fun race dirt bikes and go swing just however sorry i'm digressing a little bit no go for it i just dude i did an hour and 15 minutes of talking about the race so someone else please talk about the race on my podcast right now <laughs> No, nobody knows how hard he has worked at it. And I think his maturity with him being, is he, is he 31? Is he 30? Who, who are we, um, are we still talking about Ando? Anderson? No, I yeah. think he's, I think he's or only he 28? 20, 28 is what I want to say. I think. Okay. All right. Well, you know, it, it seems right around 25 or so, uh, the male brain starts to develop into like, ah, maybe I'm not so young and dumb and full of cum. Maybe I'd need to be a little bit smarter with how things are going. And it's, it's crazy how he's sort of turned everything around since 2018, you know, but he's, it's a compound effect. He's worked his ass off since 2018 and now things are coming to fruition. I just, I personally think, you know, okay, I'm just throwing away like, um, percentages out here. If I had to put a graph on something, a factory bike, 50% of the equation, right? Sure. And then 20% of it is, is talent. You know, you, you got to have the talent. So then you got 30% left and that's all mental headspace because there's so many guys that if they fit the 50% with the bike, 20% with the talent, but then they just can't quite make it up as far as just race craft and confidence. You know, somebody like, Webb, uh, who excels in that area, Anderson, after winning the race um, last weekend in Oakland, and then now here in San Diego, which I personally thought he was <laughs> going to win. And if he didn't win, he was going to get close. But that was going to be a lot more forward momentum moving to the next race. So I just hope it doesn't kill his mojo um, like the bike let him down. You know, so... That was a whole oh, hell of a lot of digression um, to say that it's really a bummer that <laughs> <laughs> no, he no, didn't man. follow through and, and win the race. But he did make it exciting, that's for sure. He did, and I'm with you on he would have made it very much more exciting had he had he continued forward there. Um, obviously, that was a bummer with the whatever happened to the bike. We'll never know. Motor issue is what we're going to hear. Um, but... Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not sold he would have caught and passed Sexton. I f somewhat feel that Sexton was just maintaining, and he might have had some more in the tank um, to go because he pretty much got to six seconds and just chilled as far as as far as far I can tell because I, I was keeping a pretty close eye, and he was 
he was pretty much six, 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 six across the board there as far as laps went um, for uh, for maintaining there. So, um, when did his bike start doing that to him? Was I it, don't, was I don't right remember. Halfway point. I don't remember. I have to look at the the laps. But. Yeah, I was, I dude, I take notes and like, but then like some things like that. It's like I took a note that the bike was steaming, but I didn't take a note as to what time it was. So I gotta. I have to improve myself on certain things like that. So, um, all right. So moving on here, uh, I'm sure you've heard of this now. The uh, the Barsha on Bogle hate crime here. <laughs> have you uh, have you managed to locate? Oh, where he just kind of like almost just Brian Deegan the bike right into. <laughs> no, no, no. That was the Barsha. no. That was the second part of it. Apparently. Barsha committed a hate crime on Bogle before that, and that's what caused Bogle to do what he did. Um, so, yeah, I haven't seen the video. I was video. wondering, because it, it seemed a little bit uh, like I was on the track or something. Like, oh, shit, there's somebody right there. Let me just move over, cut him off. And, yeah, I was I was surprised to, to see that. I, I was knew that there was probably more to the story with that. But um, Bogle was a he was a lapper for a while. So did he go down originally because of Barsha? I'm not I'm, maybe where we're getting at. So I'm not a hundred percent sure. So, so what I know now I've, I've heard on, uh, I was listening to the post race interviews on the, uh, MX channel over there. Um, and, uh, he interviewed Bogle and Bogle's usually pretty chipper, you know, in his interviews, he's never like rah, 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 but he's, he's chipper. Uh, he was pissed. You could tell he was pissed. Um, and from what the way they were talking, like Barsha just annihilated him uh, in the corner. I think it was the corner before the whoop, or not the corner before the whoops, the corner before the finish line. Um, so that was what had transpired. And then Bogle obviously did what we all saw on TV. Now, the funny thing is, and I don't tell me how stupid I am for this. So I'm watching the broadcast, right? And I'm as much of a normie watching the broadcast as you can be. I listen to what the guys are saying because, <clears throat> you know, Ricky, <clears throat> sorry, does have uh, some insights once in a while because he's Ricky Carmichael. But Ricky mm-hmm. sees that and goes, oh, he stalls the bike, gets it restarted, and then just, you know, hits him or whatever. And my dumb ass being on the East Coast and it's, you know, almost one o'clock in the morning watching this race, I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. And I go to bed. And then today I see the whole thing of Barsha getting. Oh, I, no, I love sh- Carmichael's analysis I, of like the, the crashes because it's <laughs> dude. It just it just makes me laugh. But um, the, in his defense, you know, there's the instant replay. It's all live, so he can't. I mean, however, uh, just earlier that race, nah. I guess I don't even need to. Ah, fuck it. I I already jumped into it i heard him talk about the uh low siding um in the start and it was really because he was like oh they just went into the first corner too hot and it was like well no like hunter's just cutting them off kind of a thing <laughs> but no I, I i hear you and and what sucks with that whole deal with bogle is on tv you're all of a sudden kind of national enemy number one because you don't see what transpired before yeah you just see the aftermath of it so somebody not digging for information could just be like oh look at bogle what a dick move to (laughs) bam bam and you know like that was uncalled for and you didn't 
you know, you don't have the whole story. Well, well, my big thing is where I went, man, Travis, you're such a fucking idiot. Bogle rides a Suzuki. So in today's day and age where we all have electric start, I'm just thinking like, oh, yeah, he stalled it. He hit the start button. He didn't have the clutch in and like, boom, that, yeah, that's what happened. They have a Kickstarter, don't they? Yeah, they have a Kickstarter. So dumbass me, I'm like, you fucking moron. He would have had to have literally stopped, put his leg down, pulled the Kickstarter out and kicked that thing like... He didn't stall that. And then when you watch it back after that, you go, oh, yeah, he didn't stall that. He knew Barsha was coming, and he waited and was just like, boom, bitch. So, yeah, that's that'll be interesting to watch going forward. Now, one thing I did say in my monologue is, okay, Barsha's got the Bam Bam name. Everyone, it seems like, has talked about this. Last year, we had him and Tomac screaming at each other after the main in one of, I think, the Houston races or whatever. Basically... With Tomac saying, like, Do you, have you ever fucking passed anybody clean? You know, so my question is, is and, and I don't think there was anything wrong with what the AMA did last night. I do think the Bogle punishment was a little bit harsher than maybe needed to be. Um, well, we'll shed some shed some light because I haven't. So, into so it. Barsha, did they DQ him or did they just find him? No, they DQ'd him and then Barsha got one spot. So. I, it's like my my real question is okay how many more times do we let Barsha do this before like you say okay that's it you're out for a race or something because th- this isn't a secret that, that this is how he rides so at some point and, and we've all seen it I mean we've had Anderson in a1 uh Oakland was pretty pretty mellow so like okay there wasn't anything there now you've now you've had this hate crime is what I keep using, which is not what it was. But anyway, hate hate crime on Bogle. Like, how many how many more times do we do we have to see stuff like this from him before you go before you actually give him a punishment where it's like something substantial and he goes, okay, maybe I shouldn't ride quite this way. And I like well, I I like the rough riding to an extent, but man, at some point it's like, dude, come on, man. Like, let's just see not that for some time. <laughs> Well, okay. Uh, Or tell me I'm way off base. You can tell me I'm way off base too. Sometimes I'm a fucking idiot. No, no, you're you're right. You know, Um, it's better to ask for forgiveness than permission. And I've heard from the powers that be that the rules are are guidelines. They're not necessarily rules. Yeah. You know, so they can change them as they see fit. And uh, if you DQ Barsha, well, his title hope is completely gone right mm-hmm. you know so you don't want to just completely do that to a guy because you just you lose all motivation from him and you know he is kind of one of the the stars of the sport and he's promoting a lot with his bam tv on youtube now and you know he's bringing a lot of content and some new viewers to the space and uh, but with that being said he, he, it's happened in a few races now in a row. Well, not not necessarily in a row, but uh, from A1 to race three, like it's consistent, right? Mm-hmm. So maybe the punishment needs to be not just based off of round three, but prior issues. Yeah. And I would probably say it needs to be a little bit more severe. With Bogle, it sounds like his punishment was more severe because he got DQ'd, but... <laughs> I believe the dude was already down a lap and a half or two. So like it's 
what are you going to do? You know, and, and I think more than anything, um, even points wise with these guys, uh, it's kind of just a small slap on the wrist because yeah, their bonus structure with their pay is based on how they finish. But I guess if you really, really want to make them stop and think of something, well, you know, you, you find them a, a, a substantial amount. Uh, and I guess it would be up to the race director to make that call. Uh, if you don't notice, I've got quotations and um, over the phone here with my voice. <laughs> Air quotes. It would need to be a, yeah, it would need to be a, a substantial fine to make them go, hmm, that's, that's not okay. Because mm-hmm. you, you don't want to endanger another rider because, you know, let's, let's face it, these guys are going down like, uh, you know, bowling pins. Uh, you just let them take themselves out and they'll take themselves out because they'll make silly, silly decisions like AC for not effing making, taking time to let himself heal. Cause now he might be out the entire season and that whole thing just pisses me off too. Yeah. That was, so. that was a mess with him going off and I, I, shoot, I had him on my fantasy team and I took, I was really pissed at for a second and then I went, Oh wait, no, I took him off. So, <laughs> so the, the piss got a little bit less, but um, yeah, that's, a, that is a sad state of affairs of like coming in injured with the shoulder. And like, I see it to an extent with that, <laughs> especially with that because he can't hurt, the shoulder any worse you know um they didn't know what anderson yeah, was going to do the shoulder's not the the shoulder is com sorry travis the shoulder is compromised yeah the integrity of your strength is compromised and that's how he just got hurt again is you're you're not giving it time to heal yeah you know i've got an a3 uh, a grade three separated shoulder too and you know my orthopedic surgeons say that oh we'll fix it when you're done riding because if you fix it uh, chances are if you fall down again on your shoulder, it's gonna, we're going to break everything you had, but you know, you should rehab it and get it strong again. And, and I know from experience that it took me three to four months before I felt to where like I could do muscle ups and pull ups and it, you know, yeah, it clicks funny, but the strength was there. And if you're racing against these guys at the elite level, you need to not only have faith in the motorcycle, that the radiator cap's not going to come off or something <laughs> drastic and the motor isn't going to go kabooey on you. But you also need to have confidence and faith in your body that if you're going to hit these giant 15 set of 100-foot-tall whoops, fourth-gear pinned, you don't want to at the end of it be like, oh, I just let go of the handlebars because I can't physically hold on anymore. You know, adrenaline will only take you so far. And I think that this is a, a immature, stupid move. Yes, I'm saying immature, stupid move by the people that are behind AC in his corner because I do get that it's a contract year. So you want to perform. you got this guy, Jason Anderson, that come in and kind of stealing your thunder because you're supposed to be the guy winning for Kawasaki. And look who does it. It's kind of like a wild card. So that's not looking good. And, you know, you still want to have a strong stock of, um, Adam Cincerello for next year to, so that you could get on a different team or stay on the same team, you know, whatever. Uh, however, his stock's not looking very good right now if you can't even race your last season because you were injured, and then that led to even more injuries. It was just stupid. I personally think if AC would have just stopped and been like, okay, I'm going to miss 
a third of the, the Supercross series, maybe even half. And then he's going to come in and he's going to upset all the points because I don't think anyone can argue that he is one of the most talented riders on a Supercross track. Like the dude is just amazing of raw talent. And if he can, he, he's always been very strong mentally. Like you could just tell that the kid reads and is looking for like a little bit of an edge. Um, and I personally think if he would have just taken the time to heal, rehab, comes back, doesn't get surgery uh, because that surgery takes like six months and you can't ride, you can't do anything. But um, given the time to heal, okay, digression over, and he would have been winning some of the races at the end and his stock would have been higher than anything because it's like, oh, he just needs a full season now because he's look at how many races he's won and look at how fast he is. But the complete opposite happened. Um, I, I just, the whole thing makes me mad. Like this is why the sport needs, I just, these guys, everyone is just so concerned about right now and your career is short enough. You shouldn't make it even shorter by doing something silly, you know, especially riding a motorcycle can promise because let's face it, there's 17 rounds guys are going to be injured because they're going to have some sort of a practice crash, some sort of a qualifying crash, just overworked, uh, underfed, underslept, something broken toe, broken hand, halfway concussed, whatever. They're going to have some shit happen to them throughout the season that they're going to have to overcome. Let's not add on to it by having a literally a, a fairly gnarly injury that's going to prevent you from controlling the motorcycle up to the level of it being safe. And not only is it not safe for you, but it's not safe for the riders around you if you just lose control for some reason. Yep. And and of yeah. So that, that's how I feel about that <laughs> whole deal. I'm I'm more mad about the whole AC and and lack of guidance there than I am about anything else that went on with, with the race. Now, okay, so let me ask you this. With it being a contract year with him, what what do you think going forward? Because this is kind of a debate we're having uh, in group chats here behind the scenes I'm, on my end with stuff is like they're saying, well, AC's career is over. And AC, he's not going to get signed to a factory team. And, blah. and I'm like, you guys are full of crap. He's not done yet. As I say, Justin's just hating on Jesus, and God watches you, Justin. So you're in trouble because you're hating on Jesus. All right. So, what do you, what do you think? Do you think he'll do you think he'll go to it or stay on a factory team next year, or do you think that this is gonna this is gonna cause issues here of him being on factory equipment come next year? Very loaded question. Uh, however, if you look at like a lot of different people's careers, whether it's Dean Wilson, Justin Barsha. You know, like they didn't have their shit totally together at some point in their career and they lost their factory ride. Mm -hmm. Then they had to come back, dig a little bit harder, and then they got some luck and got back on a factory ride. AC, I just believe that he is one of the most talented riders to be on a motorcycle. So for that alone, I would hate to see him not get a factory ride. But to answer your question objectively this is not looking good for him because you've got a bunch of 250 guys that are going to potentially come up and then whoa, you know, whoa, the, whoa, the field has never been they're going to change the guidelines okay me and justin have been arguing about this too they're going to change the guidelines we're not going to see as many dudes move up as we think 
well, maybe maybe they can make career Mike Browns out of out of people in the 250 class some more. Um, it, uh, he maybe AC and his agent need to start talking with you know Husky and Gas Gas and you know some of these lower tier uh, potential little factory teams um, <clears throat> because if he wants a he, he's not going to be a top pick um, because he can't he's proven that he can't withstand a whole a whole series whether it's motocross or or indoors which is sad because. You know, if there's one dude that can win races, it's it's him. So this is not what just happened hurts him more than him. Like I said previously, coming in and uh, healing. You know, it, it, it sucks yeah. that he got hurt, but he he should have healed it. But instead, we're having a completely different conversation. And uh, you know that he's thinking probably something similar. Uh, if you know, th- there's all sorts of rumors going on on the internet about oh he tore his ACL or what else is going on here. I just I love it how they pull him out of the the race. Kawasaki, at least on the the broadcast, they say oh he's just uh, he he he's not fit to ride, so w- w- we're not going to have him out there. And it was just like no shit, dipshits. Like <laughs> you shouldn't even have him out there. <laughs> race one, you know. Yeah, and and I personally think him saying, you know, this is my opinion. I'm not projecting anyone else's opinion. I've got a very, you know, straightforward opinion that not always is correct. Uh, but I think it was sort of a publicity stunt. I can't even say that word. Publicity. You know. You know. Screw it. <laughs> Travis, publicity. Did I say it right? Publicity? It sounds. It sounds right to me. Publicity stunt. Okay. All right. Um, with telling everybody, hey guys, I'm hurt. I'm hurt. You know, so if I don't win round one, it's because I'm hurt. You know, because everyone would have been questioned, what the hell's going on with AC if mm-hmm. he starts out front and then instantly just falls Fades. back and he's not fighting. He's letting people buy him. You know, he's getting out of the way. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's not a, again, I said that this is such a, a, penis measuring contest when it comes to racing this is a high school just testosterone filled scenario the the whole industry of of racing dirt bikes and you need to be telling everybody that you've got the biggest dick you're on the the biggest meds you know it it, my dick touches the floor that's like the kind of vibe you need to keep telling everybody and that's how you win races you know granted this is outside looking in because we all know that Johnny was not a, a supercross champ, but I'm, I'm just trying to get the imagination flowing that that's the atmosphere. That's that 30% of that confidence boost that you need. And so if you're going to come into a series at max, max, you're going to be 70%, you know, cause you're leaving 30% off the table there. Yeah. Like there's no point in continuing, you know, if you're, uh, the, the art of war, you never should start a fight that you don't think you can win. Yep. And it's, uh, you get my point. Yep. Yep. Nope. I, I get think what you're saying, you man. shouldn't have a, a race. So that was five minutes to just beat around the bush there um, in <laughs> a somewhat derogatory way. Hey, man, maybe, maybe Beta will sign but, him for next year. I mean, they need somebody to put the bike out front, at least at the beginning of the race. So there we go. Or what of Triumph, man? Yeah, you know? yeah, that's another I know one too. Just gonna make off-road stuff, but 
Yeah. So, what do you think? What do I think about him for next year? I, I don't know. I think um, I don't think we see him back on Kawasaki. I think Kawasaki is going to kick that can down the road for two reasons. Number, or I'm sorry, they're going to they're going to throw that can out finally for two reasons. Number one, he hasn't really been able to put much together here as we've seen. He's been fast, but he hasn't won races either outdoors or indoors on the 450. And um, he, uh, I mean, all he did was win like that one outdoor title in the 250 class. Um, so I think he's going to get the boot and plus I think he needs a change of scenery anyway. He's been on that. He's been on team green since he was on super minis. You know, it's been years and years and years and years and years. So it's, it's time for new scenery for him. Um, with that being said, I'm not sure any of the current factory teams he goes to. Number one, I don't think gas gas runs a second 450 guy until Barsha is gone. Husky, who the hell knows what's going on there. Um, so I think you see, uh, I think you might see him on one of these new teams. It would not surprise me at all to see him on a beta or a triumph next year, probably beta. Cause I don't think triumphs coming out until outdoors, but beta I know is going super cross racing next year. So, um, yeah, I think triumph is just making <clears throat> some like, um, off-road headlamp type bikes. To, oh no, no, no. Triumph, but... triumph is doing full blown dirt bikes too. Full blown. Like, um, Ivan Tedesco and, and Ricky are testing for them right now. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I knew they were doing, um, but like full blown race motocross ready. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, you could line up on a super cross track with a triumph type deal. Yep. Yep. hundred percent. Like Ivan's doing super cross mm. testing on their bike right now. From what I understand. Shows you a lot of what I know. So, um, <laughs> hopefully he's not on the, the triumph. You know, ho- hopefully he does get like maybe he gets Marv's Supercross only gig. You know, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. Marv is another interesting one that's in contract this year, and I would not be surprised to see him on a different brand either because I think he somehow talked his way into this KTM deal, but I don't think KTM wanted him for some reason, which is super fucking weird. Um, but also, it's like Marv's a Supercross only, but Marv has not said he's retiring after this year, so. I don't know. And, and as I've said on a couple of previous shows too, like I've, I've heard that beta and gas gas are coming like beta for sure. Next year, supercross gas gas or uh, not beta and triumph. Sorry. Um, triumph. I've heard maybe motocross or not sure on the supercross deal yet for next year, you know, just for when they start. Um, but, but beta is full blown. Beta has Michael Lindsay's old semi, um they are they are in it uh and triumph from what i'm hearing we should see an announcement with an actual bike intro type deal like march ish is what i'm hearing so we'll see um yeah <laughs> sorry man i got yeah. got way way too much information <laughs> but i no 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 that, that that's but That's I don't know. Good. I don't know if you've heard our new hook line. This is the most uninformed podcast out there because we know nothing. So you know, whatever, it's fine. We've had is that from people, uh, keyboard warrior type shit. No, no, no. Uh, it was there was a, there was a shot fired at us, and again, we we have never been named specifically on another show that a shot has fired. Uh, the show rhymes with Schmolpamax, and the guy rhymes with Schmall Sparabinos. Um, uh, you know, that, that there are guys and the, the insinuation was very heavy towards both us and yourself as to being uninformed about things. 
Yeah, we'll we'll fuck them. Everybody needs competition, <laughs> and uh, well, fuck them. Oh, I love you, Johnny. I fucking love you, buddy. There's, there's room for all of us in here, you know. So yeah, dude, I don't care. It get gave off me your high throne, and dude, it gave me the best hook line ever to be the most uninformed podcast out there. Like that's fine. We're the yeah, most uninformed podcast out there. We know absolutely nothing. I definitely didn't, you know, didn't know that Deegan was going to. You know, star. We were fucking idiots for that. Much like Coach caught a bunch of flack for that one too. Uh, what the fuck else have I called in the last couple of years here? That like just stupid shit that like we find out through the grapevine. But we didn't know anything. We we know nothing over here. We have no sources. We're not reliable. We're uninformed. So, um, <clears throat> well, what what's cool is you guys can be more unfiltered too. Yes, because you don't have um, as much corporate propaganda holding you back to um, try to steer anybody in a certain direction. You know, there's a Kurt Cobain uh, said that uh, I would rather be hated for who I am than loved for somebody that I'm not. Yep. Something along those lines. Exactly. In in fact, I was on, I don't know if you saw, I was on Cooksey's podcast last week and uh, I, I uh, told him, I was like, look, man, if any sponsor ever told me, in fact, actually, no, I didn't say it on the podcast. I, I went in the comments, which was a stupid idea, but uh, somebody was saying, making some comment, and I basically commented back and said, look, if any sponsor ever told me what I could and couldn't fucking say, I would send them their money back so fast, it would be fucking ridiculous, and I would tell them where to fucking stick it, because, like, no way. I'm going to say what I want, when I want. If I have to fund this whole thing myself, I fucking will. No problem. I've been doing it for years. I made the decision years ago when I got turned down for media passes, when we were getting 5,000 views a video and they still wouldn't let us in as media. I made the decision of fuck them. I will spend my own money to go to the races and pay to get stuff filmed at the races where they can't say shit about it. Even if I got to film it on a fucking cell phone, no problem. So yeah, it almost makes it power to you, Travis power to power to you. Cause, um, it almost makes the the rite of passage to enter the club. It mm-hmm. almost makes it seem like why even bother? You know, just start our own club. Right? Yeah, that, well, that's we'll, the thing. We'll have we'll be our uninformed media, whatever. Yep. So. Well, and you know, I go through my list of sponsors, which is longer than hell now. But it's basically all companies that will either let me say whatever I want, totally support me saying whatever I want. Or anything like that. And if, like I said, if they don't want me to, then you don't need to be a sponsor of the show. I mean, I, as you know, I'll start my own damn companies and and support this thing 100%. I mean, we're doing it right now. I went off on a tangent last week because, um, so I don't know if you've seen, we've been doing a, a video series. It's called From the Stands. Um at each race, Sater from Clutch Media uh, goes and he's filming vlogs for Kevin right now. Uh, and then he'll do like Meshi's vlog and yeah, stuff. Yeah, does a good job. Yeah. And so I talked to him and he's like, yeah, man, I can do that for you, you know, whatever. And so I, I pay him to film at the races for us because obviously I can't go to all of these races. I'm, I'm not uh, financially that stable yet. Um, so I pay him to do that for us. And they won't give him a press credential to go on the floor and film. And I, I freaked out last weekend when Kevin was on, cause I'd ask about that. And he said, no, no, they won't give him one. And I'm like, you know, it's just such bullshit because you've got like, okay, bam TV and team fried. Okay. And I'm cool with that. 
it's fucking videos that are getting out there with sides of stuff we don't get to see and 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 footage we don't get to see those guys are on the floor filming okay but Mm -hmm. someone like Seder, who is a proven filmer he's a proven moto guy he knows what he's doing he knows where to go and where not to go and all this shit like that he can't get a fucking press pass because fuck the private i mean here we go again fuck the privateers they don't need to make any fucking money having cool fucking videos no no fuck them but the guys that are making the fucking money oh yeah hey here's a press pass for your film guy no fucking problem like i'm honestly surprised ac's guy doesn't have a fucking press pass to go on the floor so it's just it's just, it's the dumbest fucking thing ever, dude. Like absolutely fucking stupid. I'm sure AC could get one if he really wanted to for his dude. I just I don't know that they care to do that side of it. But fucking but yeah, but these fucking guys like this like that are privateer heroes tr- that are paying fucking guys out of their pockets so that we can all go in and see the guys that everyone wants to see, you know, because they're the guys they can relate to. Like fuck them. No, no press pass for you. Fuck off. Okay, fine. Then fuck you guys. We'll do it our own way. We'll do it from the stands, and you can go fuck yourselves. Like, and I'm sure Sean Brennan's listening to this one too. And I'm sure he fucking still doesn't like me. But again, if he wants to talk, or Prater wants to talk, or fuck even Davy Coombs wants to talk, no fucking problem. I'll talk to any of you guys anytime. We'll put it on a podcast. We'll talk off the fucking record. I don't. Fu- I really want to talk to Sean Brennan. Like, I really want to talk to Sean Brennan because he creeps on me. And it's like, dude, you can creep in the shadows, but I know you're there, and I want to talk to you, bro, because I want to know why after five years and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands of views, I can't get a fucking press pass. Not that I want one this year because there's certain restrictions that are in place because of certain things that are going on that we're not going to talk about because I don't want to get kicked off YouTube. So I don't even want one this year, but in years past, there's no fucking reason I shouldn't have had one. End of rant. Moving on. (laughs) You needed to say what what you needed to say. At least have... Um, some sort of a path or a you got to make meet this requirement to, here's, here's the path if you don't say what they want you to say they won't fucking let you in fine fuck it don't care we'll do it on my own like i said oh, we got to move off this topic otherwise i'm going to uh, just keep fucking yeah, yeah. <laughs> there, there's there's no such thing as bad press travis uh, however um i guess i will be devil's advocate here uh that hey if you open up a restaurant and you know this guy comes in with no shoes and you don't like that you can refuse to give them business yep so it's if if they own the series and they do that i mean there's a reason why i don't have any sponsors on my stuff and there's a reason why i cannot get a, a a press pass you know and it's it's because of my own personal views and you know that's that's fine um they mm-hmm. can do just like just as you they can prevent me from going to the races but they can't prevent <laughs> me from posting and having an opinion yep you know so that's 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 where we're at right now let's and, let's be honest uh, they're not going to prevent us from going to the races if we want to spend our money to go to the races they're going to take our money no problem oh yeah so yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, yeah, whatever. Like I said, that's that's a that's a rant that I could go on for hours and hours, but I know I've only got you for it's a few more minutes here. It's interesting. Yeah, it's something to talk about. We we could do a whole off-season show about how they don't like you and us, okay? Cuz as I'm yeah. sure you've Trust heard, me, I'm, I'm... they're scared of all of us. So, <laughs> 
<clears throat> um, okay, so next question for you. Who wins a second race first, Sexton or Moseman? Uh, Craig is going to take it all the way. Um, oh, if, oh. If, he didn't get, if he didn't get taken out, you know, uh, and, and truthfully, that whole deal, I didn't think that it was a, a takeout on Hunter. Uh, it was the track design. I thought that was just a scary, like, I hate these 90 degree corners. Mm-hmm. They really need to be big sweeping corners. Um, you know, so guys actually have to kind of from both the inside and the outside, they actually have to break. They can't just come anyway. Uh, I, 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 unless something happens to Craig, Moseman is not going to win again. So by answering your question on that, Sexton, Sexton has, has proven that he's been the fastest guy a few times. Um, the dude looks like he's 200 pounds. Looks like he's perfect for that, that 450. Um, yeah, if I was a betting man, uh, which I am, I would say Sexton all day, every day. If you put him up against with Moseman, I did like seeing Moseman win. Great kid, uh, bright future. And if he can keep it on two wheels, um, but nope. To answer your question, Sexton. So let me tell you why I'm fifty-fifty on Craig winning this title. Uh the heat race. We saw him get a kind of eh, start, be right in the middle of everyone. And then make some dumb fucking moves to try to get to the front because, in my opinion, there was attitude. And again, I think it was against Freeze at that point, too. There was attitude of, I'm the guy. I'm supposed to be up front. Get the fuck out of my way. Uh, and it almost ended and up costing... that's exactly why he's going to win the, the series. But you, know, you, you look at anybody, McGrath, Carmichael, Villapoto, uh, Dungy... Uh, Jason Lawrence, they all have that same attitude. You need to have that that attitude. You need to have um, that attitude. And that's why the. But you can't race the way I. I wasn't impressed with the moves he made in the heat race. Let me put it that way. And the moves he made okay. in the heat race gave me the attitude, or gave me the the thought and the perception that the attitude he has is that he is supposed to be that guy. And with Craig here. I I worry that it's going to bite him in the ass as we've seen time and time and time again. <clears throat> That's my thought. He got lucky being on the West Coast and not having Jet uh, yep. racing him. You know, and, and he got lucky. I, I hate to say this. He got lucky that uh, Nichols got hurt, and hopefully he has a speedy recovery because that, that is super unfortunate what he had. But he's, he's racing against a lot of guys that are a lot less mature, when it comes to racing and he's got one thing that nobody can touch and it's his ability to use a whoop section as a straightaway. And unless they (laughs) come out with a joker lane for everyone else to just ride around the whoops, he's going to win the series. Um, That's just what's going to happen. Travis, call me Nostradamus. He's, he's, He's fucking winning it. The dude came from last to third. If he would have won the damn race, if he, he would have had the full twenty minutes, he came from last to third. But who the fuck did he pass? The only person he passed that I was know, there's even really nobody in was Shimoda. I mean, and then and then by the time he got to those guys, or he got into third, he was twenty some seconds down from the other two. 
So like there was no he he couldn't have started the race with a twenty second head start. So, um, all right, man. Anything else? Yeah, he he, he's consistently a a a second and a half, um, or yeah, I would say half a second to second and a half faster than the rest of the field. Yeah, um, which is which is a huge on a minute long track. You know what is that a a five percent um, performance gap. Um, you know, that, that's basically like you're running race fuel and everyone's running pump type yeah. shit or you're the only guy with the big bore kind of a thing. Yeah. Um, he, he's got a, if, if he fucks up and like what you're was just saying, if, if he does something and fucks up, yeah, it, it will take him out of here. Uh, here's where, here's where I could see him. This is the last thing I'll say about it. Cause I know you got to go buddy. Cause I know you said 45 minutes. So we're here. Um, here, here is, yeah, we're at 40 minutes. Okay. okay. You know, All right. I got a little bit more time. All right. Um, so here, here is where I think he fucks up and it's the one wild card in this, in this West coast series, Vince freeze. I think uh, th- this I, I thought Vince freeze <clears throat> raced him fairly clean. I mean, it's, it's fairly clean, but here's the thing so far, but again, we saw round one was really, really clean. Like he got by Vince and just went then we get into round two. They weren't really around each other, so whatever. And now we're in round three, and you see in the heat race, he's running Vince high, which is not going to sit well with Vince. And then you see in the main event, him and Vince basically playing chicken at the top of the fucking berm. I mean, it. in my opinion here, this is what makes me nervous of it's only a matter of time before he does something fucking stupid and either hits the dag or gets into it with freeze and ends up with a broken bike so he can't finish the race and then all of a sudden everything's going to get way 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 more tight at the top because he's not going to be and hopefully it doesn't result in an injury because that's not what I want I don't want to see him get injured but he needs to be smarter with it. That that's my only that's my only point to all of this. Is like, dude, you got to be smarter. If you're in the heat in the first lap and you're trying to rub Vince Freeze off the top of the berm to like make a pass into second or whatever for that heat race, like come the fuck on, dude. You're 28 years old. Like you've been around enough. That's a dumb move. Just go get to the whoops. You'll blast by him. No problem. So that's my only concern there. Unless they've got like uh, a crappy whoop section. Yeah, that'll be that'll be his downfall. I, I I do agree. He needs to stay away from freeze. Um, freeze hard to pass. And dude, he was he was racing for a podium. Um, I had some small little disagreement with with Cooksey about the the whole deal. Um, <laughs> and and same thing with Coach. You know, they were they didn't like my opinion on it. Um, but I, I love those guys. Uh, he going for a podium. He didn't take him out. You know, he didn't bogle him or bam, bam, him or, or Ryan breeze him. You know, he just kind of ran him a little bit high. Um, but yeah, I, I do concur. I do agree. No, see, I just said the same word twice that he needs to stay away from breezy. And the only way to do that is just get a start ahead of him. Yeah. Um, okay. So one last thing then I guess I'll touch on here since we got a few more minutes with you. Uh, Dude, this 450 points race, um, I have said it, and I just want your thoughts on this. So Tomac is notorious for bad Januaries, right? He's gone like 6-4-2, and he is leading the points. 
Webb is also a notorious, we'll call it slow starter. Usually it takes him till round three or four to really kind of wake up and start going. He is second in points, one point down. And the top 10 are 14 points separated. And as we can, as we've seen here, the top 10 can flip-flop week to week. So who do you have a guess as who's going to win this title? Because <laughs> this is, the, I mean, the winner in all of this is us as fans because you have Webb's in a good spot and Eli's in a good spot and we're three races in because usually by now Eli's 25 points down and we're like, oh, is he going to rattle off 10 in, you know, February and March or what? And uh, he's he's got the red plate at round three. This is wild. It's a wild year, man. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, well, I was saying that Dylan Fernandez was going to win. You know, if if anybody that follows me, that's who I thought was going to win. And yeah, that so was about the stupidest that nature, thing that's come out of your mouth this year. I'm sorry to say. I, you know, I, I still with just three rounds of seventeen, the dude has proven that he's one of the fastest. Yes, uh, he just is missing the whole confidence thing. No, uh, he like can't. I said it. He whole, can't get a start. Thirty percent. Me and me and, and where do starts come from, Travis? Well, confident. You okay? All right, confidence. all right. Fair point. Fair. You know, point. like when you line up on the gate and you're like, "I'm fucking gonna get an inch ahead of you, and I'm just gonna move over on your ass, and you're gonna have to break." Like <clears throat> I got this fucking in the bag, you know. Yep. That's that's all confidence, and like, look at Webb. The dude gets good starts. Yep. He gets good starts. So uh, I was really surprised that Tomac, you know, finding himself in second late in the race you know this is the dude that has got another gear when it comes to having your heart pegged at 200 you somehow find a way to continue to get faster as the race goes on and i was really surprised that he didn't chase sexton down yeah um and on the podium there's a lot of heat going on between the the Yamaha guys and the HRC guys, there's a bunch of like, there's a war going on between who's the top dog, mm-hmm. um, on, on those teams, you know, and, and Anderson, he, he had it easy because AC, uh, took himself out, you know, from the get go. Yeah. And so by default, he was the number one guy on the team. And, um, Tomac and Dylan, they haven't really figured out who's, the top guy on on the team and so i think it could flip either way between those guys and uh, sexton is obviously trying to prove to kenny that i'm the best guy on the team and you know can he be winning this shit if if uh he didn't have as much bad luck as the dude has i mean we might mm-hmm. as well just start calling him canard um, <laughs> i hate to say that but it just it it, it sucks to see happen you know because if you look at this race if Kenny wasn't taken out by Anderson and Anderson ended up still having the bike problems, Kenny would be in a good position to in points and, you know, would have been third or second in the race too. Like, but instead what, what if he finished seventh, you know, it's just, yeah, it's yeah. crazy with this points are. So, um, I don't know who is going to win to, completely answer your question travis because uh, there's seven guys that can win the championship so there as a fan i want to just come with the person that i would like to see win the most and personally for me that would be the frenchman dylan ferrandez 
And so, yeah, it's not a very popular view. You know, some things have to happen in order for him to get that that confidence boost. But if it does, it could be a, a runaway like he did in, in outdoors. Um, so <laughs> who, who do you think is going to win? Um, right now, I am a toss-up between Webb and Tomac. Um, those guys are just... <sighs> Dude, I mean, with with everything that's happened and like Webb was sick as shit apparently last week and everything. And dude, those guys are one in two. Like Webb is always a shark in the water. So if he's close, we all know that once we go east, like he's going to start to turn it on. And again, like I said, we all know that Tomac is January. He's he's terrible in. Let's just face it. He's he's terrible. He usually leaves January. If he's lucky, he's only 15 points down and he's leading the points right now going into the last race of the month. So, um, yeah, I got I got one of those two guys. I Dylan, in my opinion, is super fast. I mean, super fast. However, it's a dumb pick. You can just well, it's, like you said earlier, the, the it's only pick. no, no, the only thing, the only thing that holds him back, and and if you go back and listen to our shows, me and Justin have been literally screaming at each other about this, is his starts. He does not get good starts now in outdoors. It doesn't yeah, hurt him as bad, fix. but in but fix. but in indoors, he cannot seem to figure it out. And this isn't a four fifty thing. He wasn't good on the two fifty either, but the two fifty he made it happen more, as we all know you're racing half the dudes so you can get away with it a little bit more, you know, whatever it, it, he is just not a good starter, man. Not good. I mean, even Tomac, Tomac had a good start last night and he started third. That's not usually what we talk about when we talk about good starts. Usually it's a whole shot. So I don't know. I heard that the Yamaha guys were out and that was all they were working on with starts last week. But okay, I've so heard- you have to pick one guy. You have to pick one guy. I'm going to go with Tomac right now, man. Okay, that's a uh, uh, safe bet. Just knowing the behind-the-scenes stuff that went on with him going to that team, the pay cut he took, going there because Gilly's there, who does their chassis work, because um, he knew he could set the bike up, knowing he would have freedom with the bike they didn't have with Kawasaki. I think, and, and again, now we've seen, we've almost seen, it's we've seen Tomac get more patient as the years have gone on here. And not be quite so beast mode, Tomac. More of a okay, let's let's settle in and let's get this third place tonight, and let's move on to the next round instead of hitting the deck and not not finishing or you know getting a seventeenth or something. Um, and and I think we're really seeing it now. I mean, like I said, you're you're talking six four two, and last night in second place, and like probably probably has the speed to go after Sexton at some point and make a push, but just going, you know what, third race, second place. No problem. No, that's a that's a that's a safe bet. But the dude behind him, who is the guy behind him? Uh, oh, Dylan. Dylan Ferrandez. Dylan Ferrandez. Well, yeah, but um, Dylan, Dylan got a halfway on, decent start. He started like tenth instead of sixteenth last night. So, <laughs> well, and he ended up third. Yeah. So. But that, I think it's I think it's just going to be very interesting the the rest of the series. I mean, the dude that's the points leader is Eli Tomac, and he qualified ninth. Qualified ninth. See, even even um, dogs. your dog disagrees with you, dude. I know. He doesn't agree with the Tomac pick. Hey guys, quiet. There's nothing to bark at. Thank you. 
Um, yeah, I mean, the winner in all this, like I said, is us. Because if we get, you know, five, six rounds in here and the top ten are still within ten points of each other, holy shit, that's awesome. Yeah, nobody got hurt. Let's just hope nobody, none of these guys get hurt. Yeah, let's just let's just keep it moving good. in that direction, too. So, well, all right, Johnny. I have now kept you past the five minutes I was promised there. So, I do appreciate you coming on, buddy. Thank you. Uh, make sure to check out Johnny's YouTube channel. It's Johnny Hopper, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. You, okay. you might have a full laugh and, you know, leave leave a <laughs> comment because um, I, I, I do try to get back with everybody, you know, even the people that make me cry. So. Oh, Johnny, uh, we got we got to talk about that, man. You can't be crying. Look, if they if yeah, you, there's just a if you think I've got a different uh, opinion on that, but but oh, man, no, if, if, if you, you think you're gonna cry over YouTube comments, you just gotta tell them, hey, go fuck yourself, and then just move on, man. That's just what I do. Oh, there's a there's a fine line between love and hate. I think generally <laughs> people that um they they just don't quite understand you, you know. So I, I don't think it necessarily comes from uh, wanting harm of anybody. Yeah, you know. So. Uh, but just, that's just perspective, you know. Travis, I, I appreciate you having me on, my friend, and um, I need to figure out we can try to do like a Zoom or something so that I'm not on my um, AirPod Pros here, so I don't sound <laughs> quite underwater. So I could use some of my uh, fancier, more expensive equipment um, to make your quality sound better for for having me on a guest. So I do apologize for. Um, have it lower in your quality standards for for your podcast my friend but i, I do want to say um you're doing a great thing dude and just just keep it wfo and um you know we'll get together some more oh yeah man oh yeah well in all fairness it, it sounds just fine to me but apparently my ears are bad to some people so um and yeah maybe we can do a zoom or something at some point with uh like the audio only because I did I did the zoom with the video on Cooksies last week and it, it was not working great so <laughs> yeah zoom zoom only lets you um, record at 720 which is effing stupid it's like guys it's 2022 like there's such <laughs> a thing as 4k like, yeah come on no no anyway sorry i'm I'm no you're good you're good it's talking about i'm I'm just waiting for that starlink internet because i kind of live in the middle of nowhere out here so i don't have uh oh yeah i don't have good internet so i have to do everything off cell service and being in a metal pole barn where we film all this stuff and record all this stuff yeah it makes a makes a little tricky so but uh anyway thanks man i appreciate it we will uh we will talk soon man and uh who knows you never know when i'll show up somewhere where you're at (laughs) hell yeah Hell yeah, homie. So, all right, buddy. We'll talk later. Give my best to the wife awesome. and kid. Will do. Will do. You too, man. I appreciate it. Will Bye. do. Later, buddy. All right. Johnny Hopper, everybody. Always a good perspective, man. Love that guy. He has some He has some different opinions on some different things and some different perspectives. So make sure, like I said, to check out his YouTube channel if you haven't. I'm sure most of you listen to this know who Johnny Hopper is. So... Um, all right, that pretty much wraps up the show. I've covered the race. I've talked to some people. Sorry, again, we don't have any co-hosts in studio, so it was a little little different than normal. Uh, but this has been episode number 187. Again, want to thank all our sponsors, Energy Fuel, Premier Custom Trailers, uh, Alias Sport, The Dirt Bike Depot, JT Cycle, Adept Creative Co., Gutterworks, Holster Co., 
Isaac Nelson Design, and Clutch Media. Links in the description below for all those. Um, next week, we should be back with uh, co-hosts and, and guests and everything else in between. So thanks for tuning in, everyone. Make sure to check out the Fantasy Show on Friday and the uh, from the stands, kind of behind-the-scene footage from the races. Those usually come out on Thursday or Fridays. And we will see everybody next week.